and here we are for week number three of the Book of Boba Fett big discussion show and we've got the rolling rosters with a new face and a couple of returning people. So let's start it off with Chris Phelps, one of our almighty podfathers here at the Comics in Motion feed uh, who has not yet been on the Book of Boba Fett show. So um, Chris, introduce yourself, tell people... uh, vaguely what you're kind of involved in I know you've got that <laughs> billion podcasts under your belt so don't say them all because we'll be here all day and we don't have time to talk about Book of Boba Fett and then just in in a couple sentences say how you thought so far of episodes one and two of Book of Boba Fett yeah. um, so I am not the podfather I'm just riding on the coattails of David who is very very good at organising stuff as he always says I'm the guy who jumps out the plane with no parachute. He's the guy who's checking every safety element of the shoe and probably won't jump. So, no, it, it, it's it's really humble to say that, Mike. No, but it, it's really nice to be on. I'm a massive Star Wars fan. I, I'm a bit behind with you guys. All, the only thing I've got Star Wars is a Darth Vader head right next to me. That's the only thing, and it does light up. That's, that's the best oh, I can do. All you need. Ooh. Still cool. That's still cool. Yeah. yeah more than me. Thing. More than me. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's <laughs> I feel I feel the uh, you know the lightsabers we've got the hand you know the picture behind that brilliant absolutely brilliant but no uh, comics in motion VHS strikes back we do a reality show me and Dave good friends for years we we're in a band and that's where we started podcasting and talking and I just love talking about different things and I think the first two episodes first episode was really slow and I think unfortunately because the Mandalorian was so good and obviously we had the, the we have the ending bit which i constantly watch on youtube mm. for the reactions of all the big youtubers for that bit where you know spoilers if anyone's not seen it but the loot comes in you know and and then these bits where they do it with the proper force music and everything and i get goosebumps i've sat there hoodie up pretending that i'm not tearing up watched it with the missus so <laughs> uh, yeah so i absolutely love star wars but i have been i'll be genuinely um Honest, I have been a little bit disappointed in the first two episodes, but I know you, Mike, more than anybody, for your knowledge of Star Wars. I've sat there smiling because I think, you know what, Mike's going to tell me what that means when I speak to him. So that's where, <laughs> for you, I know you're going to love it. Even uh, the third episode, I was, I've got questions, but from your point of view, I know these things you've told me in the past. I'm like, I know Mike's going to put all that together for me. So anyway, <laughs> thank you for having me on. Nice to meet everyone. Well, I will clarify as well, because um, Andy and Ben are also pretty even when it comes to Star Wars knowledge in different ways. My expertise is like strictly canon. I know probably not 80% of everything in canon, but because I've consumed all probably 75% of all canon content, you know, really, it's just a few books and the odd um, IDW comics. I haven't. I'm quite on it with that. Whereas Ben is like the Legends Encyclopedia. Whenever I get into Legends oh. stuff, whenever I'm like, um, there's a few Legends books I've been uh, getting into with uh, audiobooks and stuff. I go to Ben. I'm like, Shatterpoint. Is that good? He's like, it's amazing. Okay. And I like this one. He's <laughs> like, that one's all right. I didn't mind it. You know, so Ben is like the, the legend of Star Wars Legends. And Andy- I'm happy I- my, my, my word carries uh, across the globe. <laughs> and over there in Britain, I, I'm an authority. It's uh, quite an accomplishment. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that um, Andy, I think, uh, has got like a, a general knowledge, probably maybe yeah. less less legends than Ben, and maybe less canon than me, but probably more legends than me. Yeah. I'd probably say. Um, yeah. So if we continue with the intros, Ben, uh, same for you again. You know, uh, although I will say with the three of you, I mean, Ben, you were on last week's episode, so you don't need to tell people specifically your thoughts on the last episode. We can just <laughs> skate right over that uh, and try and keep this all nice and tight, and then. With Dan and Andy, we heard their thoughts on the first episode, so we can hear their thoughts on the second one. Try and cut the fat a little bit. But Ben, please tell people uh, who you are, where they can find you. 
Uh, guys, first of all, thanks a lot for having me, Mike. I enjoy and love talking to you, all of your lovely guests that you have each time. It's nice to hear you guys talk about Star Wars, share different thoughts and opinions. It's it's a pleasure. It's, it's a common ground where we all come together and share our thoughts. And that was actually the reason I wanted to start my YouTube channel, which is called Star Wars Timeline. Same with the Facebook group. Just wanted to bring a group of friends who don't necessarily always agree, but we all can come down and have a civilized talk about Star Wars. I like this. I don't like that. What's the criticism? What's the fun part? That was the gist of it. That was the idea. As far as the Book of Boba Fett show goes, I taught myself to go into everything with no expectations. Just plain even field and take it episode by episode, see where it takes you. Because even your favorite filmmakers and directors sometimes, I don't want to use the word disappoint, but creatively don't go where you want them to. Sometimes the quality is there. Sometimes the direction is still high quality, but doesn't go where you want the show or movie to go. So it's the best way to go and try it. I enjoyed the first two episodes based on what we have. And I'll kind of like later when we get into the discussion, describe what I think of them in general. And this third episode wasn't much behind those. I enjoyed it just as much, I think. Okay, interesting. That's about it. Cool. Okay, so if we go and go to Andy, your sort of thoughts, or introduce yourself and your thoughts on the, the previous episode. Yeah, so uh, hi everyone. I'm uh, Andy, uh, Angry Andy on the YouTube and on Twitter as well. Um, yeah, um, that's where I mainly focus everything, to be honest. I don't really do much else. I do a lot with Dan when he drags me through the mire of bad cinema and uh, <laughs> bad stories and things like that. But I enjoy it. I think I enjoy the chaos of what he brings forward more than anything. It's the same with me, I think. I think I enjoy the chaos. Um, yeah, the second episode, I thought, I was a little bit surprised of how much time we spent in the flashback. Hmm. Um I thought it was going to be, because the first episode was kind of like, a, you know, you got a dip and it came out and then went back in again. And then obviously going into this one, which we'll talk about, it's kind of like you're in it and then you're out straight away. Mm. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed the second episode. I don't think I enjoyed it as much as the first. And then my thoughts on this latest one isn't really that high. So, yeah, I'm agreeing in sort of like keeping sort of expectations um, I think we spoke on the first episode of what I what I hoped might happen. Mm. I've kind of tempered those expectations now. I'm just seeing what happens and where it goes. And coming into this, I haven't looked at any reactions to the episode at all. I've not spoke to Dan about what he's thought. Mm. The only person I spoke to is my missus and what she thought. Um, so I've got no idea what, ev what everybody else is saying across the Twitterverse or... Uh, Star Wars or anything like that. So I'll be interested if anybody's got any insights other than the the opinions that they they've got themselves as to see what what the general thought is. Well, we'll just tell you now that you're wrong, no matter what you think, Andy. <laughs> just doesn't matter what else, what your opinions are, even if I agree with you, you're wrong. So and you can't have a valid opinion here. That's not what this show is for. It's for my ego <laughs> only. Uh, so, anyway, thanks for, <laughs> well, I was initially just going to be the host on a couple episodes. And then I was like, to be honest, I, I might as well just do it for all of them. So I was just like, take that as you will. Uh, Spider Dan, why don't you Hello. introduce yourselves? Tell us about the second episode. And yes. then go from there. Um, Spider Dan of Spider Dan on the Secret Bulls podcast. Um, I really enjoyed the first episode. I think there was a lot of stuff to kind of like, again, mostly in the flashbacks, because again, it was kind of setting up this intrigue in the modern day, present day stuff, a lot of intrigue, a lot of these enemies, a lot of the complications of being a, you know, a daimyo, a kingpin of Tatooine. Um, and there was stuff I liked, but I also got Scott's, uh, I listened to the second episode and Scott's criticism of 
the kind of let's have something happen in the present, please mm. now. Something interesting is it's still just that second episode, it's still just setting more and more stuff up. Like some of the stuff that is quite interesting, like the uh, Black Chrysanthemum, Satan, yeah, but no, Black Chrysanthemum. Chrysanthemum, yes. <laughs> Black Chrysanthemum, yes. Um, yes. And the huts and stuff like that. Some of the stuff is really good. I like the the train sequence with, again, all the Tuscan Raiders stuff I love anyway. So more of that was great. Um, so, yeah, but there was a kind of a, there's a, there's a decline happening for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this episode, unfortunately, also declines for me as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm sure we'll get into it. Yeah, I mean, I, I like to check, although IMDb, everything has to be taken with a pinch of salt because the majority of things on IMDb seem to be seven, like seven, seven <laughs> point something. Like 80% of things I enjoy are seven point something. I don't know what it is. There's very few things, that, especially movies, that kind of go out of that. Um, but on this, um, these ones, it was, I think the first episode, um, I'm just, from what I can remember vaguely, it was like 7.5, I think. And then the second episode was like 8, 8.1. And then this episode was like 7.1. So the general consensus is the first episode was pretty good. The second episode was better. The third episode's the weakest of the lot, um, which in brief, that's I kind of feel that way uh, personally about the show as well. Um, so we'll dive right into it. So Obviously, it all starts off, I've got my notes here, um, it all starts off with, you know, the water theft. You know, you've got Stephen Root, who's in everything, it seems, who, you know, goes to Boba Fett and then says, you know, someone's basically stealing water, can you go sort this out? And then he goes and speaks to the gang with the most brightly coloured any things I think I've ever seen in Star Wars in my life. It was just like the most colourful Vespa speeders ever, um, which I wasn't expecting on Tatooine, a very, you know, dusty place. Yeah. So um, if we kind of focus uh, before the flashback, so if we just think of like um, how we thought of the biker gang and that sort of stuff, um, we'll start with Chris once again, because uh, I want to hear his views, because he's the only oh, person no. we haven't heard fully elaborate on things. So um, and don't worry, Chris, anything you get wrong, I'll take a note of, and then we'll take the piss out of you for, so it's okay. Uh, <laughs> what did you think of all the sort of first stuff <laughs> it's not what i'm gonna get wrong it's what i'm gonna say mike because <laughs> i messaged dave and i went i've got a bad feeling that mike's gonna want to hunt me down and take me out so what i don't understand and i'm sure there's a comic mike i know you're gonna tell me this because i know this, this is gonna be something what are we allowed to swear by the way yeah yeah, I, yeah as much as you want yeah yeah what the fuck is going on with a Hells Angels fucking group of baddies? And then you've got a load of quadrophenia mods riding around <laughs> on fucking mopeds. I'm sorry, Mike. I'm not having it in Star Wars. This is bullshit. And that's the one thing I took from this episode. I, I was invested in all of it until that point, And I'm like, he's even got fucking extra horns. I think it was on the blue bike. And I was like, what the hell is... Because you see him, we went to the Isle of Wight um, and, and the guys are there in the Isle of Wight on all the mods and everything, doing the whole thing in Quadrophenia. It was... I've got to say, man, I'm sorry to say this. Please correct me, anybody, you know, all of you correct me, but I was like, this is fucking bollocks. I'm sorry. It really, really did take me away from what I believe Star Wars is because mm. it, it, it's bringing it into... Uh, the subconscious of all of them, like, you know, a newer thing, but them guys do the Hell's Angel stuff. And I'm like, what the fuck? It's Sons of Anarchy. And I love that show. I was like, so <laughs> that's why I didn't like this episode. And I'm so sorry. I've gone first. I always wear my heart on my sleeve. And Mike, you can cut me off right now. <laughs> <laughs> right, enough from Chris. No, I want to clarify here that, first of all, Chris, I, I appreciate you are always very open with your opinions, even though you have some 
mental ones, you're still valid. <laughs> yes. This one isn't one of those, I want to clarify. It's more some of the movie stuff and reviews you've done with Dave in the past. Yeah. I think you have uh, brushed people the wrong way in certain ways. But in this <laughs> this whole show, the point is, if you genuinely watched this and thought, this is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life, or if you thought it was the best thing in your life, all opinions here are valid. Uh, I'm, I'm just intrigued to know what people do and don't yeah. like about it. So, Chris, you don't need to apologise to me. No holds barred. That's completely fine. Um, so if we stick with... Let's go to Andy this time. Uh, Andy, what were your sort of thoughts on that first part? I am in complete agreement. I I was... When we, fir- when we first saw them, well, when we first heard about them, I was like, okay, all right, it's going to be that girl that was in the trailer, obviously. But in the trailer, we didn't see the colour of her bike. I'm not sure whether they muted it or whether it was removed or whatever, but, like, everything we heard about them, like the cyborgs, the this, the that, the that, I was like, okay, all right, cool, I'm, I'm interested. I want to see where this is going. But then seeing the bikes, seeing, you know, the bulk attachments, you know, the guy with the eyepiece, they just ripped that straight off from Star Trek First Contact, didn't they, in the prop store. Um, oh, I just didn't buy it. I didn't buy it at all. I really didn't. I didn't buy it. They couldn't afford the water. I was like, well, how can you afford these bikes? The, I did the power that. supply to, to power the bikes because, you know, fuel is a thing in Star Wars now, um, regardless of your opinions, you know, because of, you know, whatever. Um, and, you know, they've got these implants, which look quite expensive, you know, unless they've stolen them, you don't know. And maybe that's something for, you know, a later episode or a spin-off series, you know, God <laughs> help us if that's the case. Um and then the chase, no, the yeah. chase was laboured. It was slow, and I don't know whether they just because obviously they're using the screen technology. I don't know whether that screen technology hindered sort of like the depth of speed, you know, the perception of speed, or I found that you know what they were doing with the with the speed, but the chase, oh, it was laughable, and it really took me out of it. Like it was, so, it took me out of it completely. And then the colours. You know, the colours, it was it was almost like there was some kind of teen, you know, superhero gang, you know, from a Cartoon Network show or, you know, something like that. You know, like they look, they look like Mars, the, they look like the Power Rangers. Colourful. They look like the Power Rangers. That's what they look like. Oh, God. Like from Mars. I was going to say that as well. Sorry. Yeah, but, yeah, it was just, it just, it took me out of it. And I didn't, I, I enjoyed everything else about the show because I feel, I feel like whatever tracks with the flashbacks is tracking with his current state of mind. So mm. the fact that we've seen something really bad happen, you know, in the flashback, you know, we've, I'm kind of jumping ahead here, but the fact that we've seen something really bad happen in the flashback, which translates to people disrespecting him in, in real time, mm. you know, the next episode and the episode after that, it's going to be tracking, you know, towards vengeance or, you know, getting a bit more aggressive in what he does. Cause he's, he's very, very respectful still. And it's kind of annoying me a little bit that he's still being sort of like, you know, uh, slow paced with his reactions. But maybe we'll see some kind of explosion. But, mm. you know, I like the rest of the stuff in the episode just about. The biker gang completely took me out of everything. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. And that's very interesting. I didn't think about the what you said about the, the flashbacks kind of uh, having some sort of impact parallel sort of thing with his state of mind. That's very interesting and insightful. So uh, we'll go to Dan next, and then we'll finish off with Ben, because I'm going to start with Ben with a flashback thing. But uh, Dan, so your sort of thoughts on the the biker gang from Mos Esper? <laughs> um, well, I like to I want to call them the mod squad, and the mod, <laughs> and the mod stands for body modifications. Oh, well, <laughs> um, very nice. Oh, very excellent. Good. Because, um, I mean, that is interesting. Like Andy was saying, the the weapons and stuff they have is really interesting. But what Andy was saying about that bike chase, 
the the graphics were awful. The special mm. effects on the bikes were awful. I don't know if it's the design of them because they're so close to the ground, they're so low-lying, unlike the speeder bikes in the previous episode. I don't know if it's something to do with that, but every time they land or they do something, it just looks really janky mm. and like almost like PS1-style graphics. It was just... <laughs> horrific to watch and it was like Andy was saying it was slow it was boring it was it was like 16 year olds going around the council estate it was awful it was honestly <laughs> dreadful to watch even worse in some respects was the fight with um black chrysanthemum um it, you know there was a moment where the guy with the eye the targeting device on his eye he has stood two foot away from chrysanthemum and <laughs> he is shooting directly at his armor He's point blank shooting at his armor, and you're like, what are you doing? Like, you're a cyborg. You're supposed to be better than a human, and you're stood two feet in front of a guy and shooting directly, aiming at the armor. I was just like, what is this? What is going on? This is like we've had in, the, in that first episode, we're talking about all these great references like Lone Wolf and Cub and the Man with No Name, all this yep. sort of stuff, and they've just gone, Quadrophenia, I guess, maybe. <laughs> yeah, we had, we had the we had the train sequence from um, Lawrence of Arabia in the second episode, and yeah. this episode is yeah the sixties, uh, Croydon um, <laughs> attacking the mod squad. <laughs> we are, we are, we are the mods. Um, it was just, and there was no character to them. They were just like they were just like, oh, we yeah. There's no jobs, so we're you know. There's nothing interesting. <laughs> he, about. he gave them a job. They give Black Chrysanthemum a job. Yeah, no worries, no issues. <laughs> Also, and you would think you would give him a job. He's this big, you know, massive killer, you know, Wookiee. Um, but also the uh, Bill from King of the Hill. Why is he, when he gives him a job, waiting on the other side of the wall and just goes, <laughs> whoa, 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 why are you giving him a job? You should kill him. Uh, why is he directly just there? He didn't travel with Boba Fett, clearly. You can see that. Why is he just round the... Co- oh, sorry. Um, What, what? You know, just pointing his finger at it. And I was just like... <laughs> This this whole episode was huge. I know we'll get into it, but it was a huge, just for me, uh, absolute bollocks, as Chris was saying, complete bollocks. <laughs> yeah, just utter, utter banther bollocks for me. So, Amazing. Yeah, Got not, him. not for me. So, yeah, that's I'm really, glad, I'm really glad I didn't get your opinion before we came on this day. <laughs> You'd have rolled oh. each other up, wouldn't you? I know. <laughs> Go on then, Ben. Tell us what your, your thoughts were on the, on the, the mod squad. <laughs> First, I'd like to say that I watch enough British cinema to know what bollocks stands for. (laughs) (laughs) You guys aren't speaking foreign language to me. But I'd like like to set the stage very, very briefly uh, in order to discuss this episode, this show in general, and just all Disney era Star Wars. You know, you can go into it and, you know, from watching this third episode, you kind of have two instant reactions, these two signals firing up in your mind. You could either go one route and try to judge it all and criticize as high cinema, high art, or just look at it as just like this popcorn, cheap entertainment, and either or have set yourself up for really high expectations and come down, crashing down and say, oh man, what is this? Or take it really, really simply episode by episode and say, 
throw it at me. Let me see what's there. And, you know, that's how I've been treating most of Disney era Star Wars. I've, I've had some great moments where I think it's reached the highest potentials that Star Wars can aspire to. And some, of course, other things like even the Mandalorian show, which to me didn't present much of more than just popcorn entertainment. You know, and when it comes to this episode, specifically, we're talking about this scene right now, right? These biker gang. I will try to one up Daniel and say that I called them cyberpunk kids. Mm. Ah, very nice. Yeah. Also, good. that kind also of good. kind of works, right? So it mm. took a moment of adjustment to say, like, hold on a second, we are on Tatooine, which is very fine and recognizable, and now you have these stark contrast with these like high gear, almost like kids of the richer higher ups chilling on Tatooine in these bikes, which I've heard described on the internet something that was. Uh, homage to George Lucas's American Graffiti because he liked uh, cars, he liked racing, he grew up, grew up in Japan. He in, enjoyed putting as much of racing into his films, including the THX one, as much as possible, right? So we at least understand that they're coming from the good heart. But I feel like oftentimes, John Favreau particularly, he's like an adult Star Wars nerd who boomer generation nerd who is playing in the sandbox and half the time I scratch myself. I'm like, this is not a toy. If you really want to elevate Star Wars to the highest you know, levels, it's, it's, you don't populate it with cameos and little tinkery things over here and over there are just flashing our eyes. We're not kids, man. We are adults. We have different expectations from what teenage generation perhaps is getting out of this, right? But then again, you take a step back and you say like, okay, this is popcorn to me. Let's just see it. Roll with the kids. So I was watching the episode on that note, not taking it seriously. And it took a moment of adjustment and I said, you know, they're kind of fun. They're just stupid fun. You see these cybernetically enhanced humans all across Star Wars comic books, in old Marvel, in the Dark Horse era, in the new Marvel. I'm like, okay, all right, just let's go with it. Stylistically a little bit different. We'll talk about the chase in depth, but once again, I at, at least appreciate that I know where they're coming from. They try to do well. How it's executed, I think it's very important to separate the content of the show from the way that it's executed. You could say like, oh, you know, at least... I understand here. Okay, they kind of fucked up here. They messed up over there. But I see the direction. I see where it's going. So to me, it didn't pose as much of a problem. And the chase scene, which I agree with most of you guys, it it kind of like underperformed, especially to the very highly kinetic scenes with the bikes in the previous episode, which felt you got all the speed out of them. It was fun. The excitement, the the Westerner style, you know, train scene was completely fantastic. That chasing in third episode, plus Crescent and plus the little uh, uh, Tuscan Raider scene there, which we'll talk in depth, they weren't deal breakers for me. It's something that I would highly criticize. But on the fundamentally, this show represents to me just cheap popcorn entertainment. This mm. is if I want serious Star Wars, I'll go watch Dune. You know. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. That's an interesting point because we had a whole conversation about Star Wars and Dune and things, and it's like I feel like Dune could almost be in the Star Wars universe in certain ways, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, I'll, I'll just add my thoughts on this part, and then I'll come back to you, Ben, for your Tuscan Raider stuff, and then I want to go to Chris because so I haven't heard any of Chris's opinions on the Tuscan Raider stuff yet, so kind of pre-planning a little bit. Um, I was going to say, with my thoughts on it, were my biggest thing was not necessarily the colours in themselves, it was the fact that they weren't dirty sci-fi. That's what I like about Star Wars. I... With with Star Trek, I, I've watched the new Star Trek movies by J.J. Abrams and stuff, and I've seen bits and pieces of Star Trek. I haven't watched a huge amount of the older stuff, but it didn't necessarily click with me because ship flying is my least in 
it's the part about sci-fi I'm least interested by. I know Star Trek's about exploration a lot as well. But for me, I was like, I like the dirty sci-fi. I like Neil Blomkamp. I like District 9, Elysium, those sort of things where it looks like, you know, poor, good technology. You know, that's that's what I quite like. You know, robots that are poor, not these polished chrome things. And I found with this, I was like, okay, so they're poor, apparently. They don't have jobs. They're standing around a dumpster fire. They've got all these cybernetics, which I could be like, oh, maybe they got them before. Maybe it was a back alley thing. Okay. But these are the cleanest bikes I've ever seen in my life. And the whole premise of why they're involved is the fact that water's so expensive, they can't afford it. So how how are they cleaning these bikes? These bikes are shinier than any ship I've ever seen in all of Star Wars. And it's madness. You even you go into an Imperial Star Destroyer in the old films and how pristine and chrome everything is. That's still not as clean as these bikes are. And I just don't understand how it could be parked on a dust planet for more than eight seconds and be like that. You go for a walk in the woods wearing white trousers. You can't walk more than three foot and get covered in dirt. So that bit immediately, I was a bit like, oh, oh, maybe the bikes will get, you know, dirty as it goes on. Maybe we'll see that. No. The cybernetic things I thought were cool. Uh, I like that, but it's quite common in Star Wars in like the ex- expanded canon and obviously in Legends and things. So for that part wasn't a problem for me, but we'll get to it towards the end. But the chase scene was the real... That was the part of the episode that really kind of sunk down for me. So um, if we get into the the flashback bit, uh, and then after that, we'll just talk about the rest of the episode. So Ben, the flashback part, I know that you, um, in the last episode we spoke about, you were, you, one of your favourite parts, I think you said about um, Boba Fett so far, was the Tusken Raider culture and that sort of thing. So I've seen a lot of criticism on the internet about this. Like, what do you think about how they handled getting rid of the Tuscans and that whole kind of flashback? Yeah. I think this particular scene represents the general problem I have with the Disney era Star Wars. Like it, it harkens back to the Rogue One cinema experience that I had, which it's a fantastically written film that is intelligent. And once again, the content of the story makes sense. It's the movie that none of us expected or thought that we wanted, right? Mm-hmm. And then you see the trailer, you go in theaters, like, holy shit, what am I looking at? And the content once it's itself, it's good. The way it is told, you know, the whole art of cinema is being able to convey emotion from scene to scene, from shot to shot. And it just failed to do it for me. Like I didn't care for any death in Rogue One. And same here, you know, you set up Tuskins in episode two. Once again, I have to reiterate that Robert Rodriguez is not Chris Nolan. Hmm. You know, he makes a certain type of cinema that you see guns blazing and shit exploding it's like oh that was cool that was fun and you treat your popcorn that's it that's the end of the story that's the kind of cinema he makes and i don't want to throw the guy under the bus for it there's a audience for these kind of films people appreciate them people like escapism and just pure stupid entertainment without any kind of like higher storytelling right but you did set up the tuscans in episode two and i have to say once again it's what we see it's not how it's told. It didn't have the most amazing, groundbreaking cinematic experience. It's just like, we see culture, right? We see material culture. We see that these people are more than savages. They are there. They accept Boba Fett. They recognize strength in him. You built this bond. And here, I think Robert Rodriguez and John Favreau, because I, I think it's a collaborative process. One was writing the episode. Another one was directing it. They misfired. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't show us the drama, the tension, the stakes by quickly disposing of the Tuscans. Like, oh, by the way, they're dead. Let's move on with the with the show. Mm. Like, no, 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 no. This is where most of the episodes should have focused on mm. of that. What? Because I thought felt that the small little interspersed scene there reiterating the fact that childhood 
Boba Fett sees his father Django fly off Camino on that ship, reinforcing the idea that he is an abandoned child. Hmm. And these Tuscans embrace him. It's a very powerful plot device, plot point to focus on, emphasize it. And then by the end of the episode, chop those heads. That's so that the audience goes like, oh, man, oh, I didn't expect this, or I did expect this, but this savage, this brutal, oh, that's not cool. That sometimes when you have a, a cold-hearted uh, kind of character like Boba Fett and also Din Djarin, which we don't even see his face for most of the episode, if he himself doesn't describe what goes on inside of that person's heart and mind, then the characters surrounding him do. And in case of Boba Fett, if he's supposed to have this kind of like cold and calculated look, it's the Tuscans that bring credence to what goes on in his heart. Mm. And I think there's just a very important plot device was just completely swept under the rug. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I see what you're saying. So Interestingly for me, just want to, I just want to point out, um, did we see the body of the child Tuscan and the female Tuscan? No, 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 I don't think so. No, we, we didn't. We, the chief done, yes, we did. We saw we, the we chief. Saw the chief. We, we saw the chief, yeah. but not the warrior. The not the warrior woman or the youngling. Or the child, yeah. Mm. So I, want, I wonder if we're not quite done with the Tuscans in that regard then. Because like, like I was saying about the sort of like being the parallels between the way he is with the Tuscans and the way he acts sort yeah. of in real time. I wonder if something will come with that. Because obviously nobody in, in TV and film, nobody's dead unless you see them dead. Yeah. It's unless, possible, they, unless they do just write them out on the side and somebody yeah, yeah. says, oh, he's dead, he's sleeping with... He, he sleeps unless they're from another universe, a robot, a clone, or yeah. like it's, something else. It's totally plausible, but for the sake of that scene, that train yeah. has passed. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 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 mm. They, they yeah. threw the ball on that one. Yeah, you're right. It, it, happened, it happens pretty much right at the start, and you're like, whoa, okay. I literally was like, okay, well, Jesus. Um, yeah. So, wow, <laughs> we're at this point already. Okay, yeah. he spent all this time building up this. You know, he becomes one of them. He's given. He's he's been given a gaffy stick. He's got all this. He's helped them secure their own future, and they're gone. Brilliant. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it was very uh, abrupt, especially for an episode that I think is the shortest so far. I was like, could have maybe showed a bit more, but maybe what's going to happen is, as I didn't think about this, um, is yeah, maybe you get to see the youngling and the um, the warrior. Maybe in the next episode, there'll be the final flashback. They'll kind of communicate with him what actually happened. You get to see what happened in a longer episode that maybe will tie up the flashbacks. I'm not sure, but... Chris, so we haven't heard your opinions on the Tuscan Raiders. So what did you think, like, from all the people we've spoken to, and obviously on online as well, it's quite a thing. Some people like the, the current era stuff with Boba Fett, and the flashbacks aren't as interesting to them. And other people found that the flashbacks are the most interesting, and the current stuff's not interesting. What about you? What did you think of the Tuscan Raiders from episode one and two, and then also how it is um, potentially been wrapped up, maybe not, in this episode? I think, and Dan said it before, the guy who was, you know, the cyborg shooting from two meters away. Obviously, if you're going to try and stay away from killing yourself, you just put camp in the middle of the desert as a train goes past and don't think, you know, what, I think we need to move here because, you know, you know, Bob has had to go and do the business and take him out sort of thing. It's Star Wars 101. It is what Star Wars is about. I must say, watching this series so far, if there was ever going to be an R-rated Star Wars property this is crying out for it because i yeah. think boba fett has got that evil side to him that you know mandalorian was always wrestling with his conscience he was actually a good guy he had the baby i did think when 
you know, they all got taken out. I thought, oh, please don't go in one of the tents and there's a baby there and we're going to get another, you know, let's have everyone buy the teddy bear, you know, the, the child and all that stuff. I did think that was coming. But I do honestly believe that it could. I know they're never going to do it because of Disney Plus and and the audience that it's catering to. It's, look, look, we're all you know. I'm 43 years old, so it's like we're catering to men our age. Young, you're young in your 20s, Mike. You know, no disrespect to anyone else, old but we're all around. You know, there's an age, but then you've got obviously children as well. You know, people, you know, kids want to buy. Like the child was one of the biggest marketing things that have come from Disney Plus. You know, in the last 18 months, it's amazing. It's probably like when we were kids, I suppose. Like the Cabbage Patch Kids or whatever it was, or Care Bears or something. When I, like I, the girls I saw, always buy stuff like that, you know. I saw T-shirts t- in Primark today as I was walking home yes. from work. Yeah, Megan, like, Megan's been bought it with like um, underwear yeah. from her mum for Christmas that had a yeah. little, yeah. you know, Grogu on it. And it was like, okay, yeah, this is... Now, when, now, when you can get it in Primark, that's yeah. when you know that it's you made, made it. You've made widespread. it. Made it. Made it. <laughs> Cobra Kai's in there now, I think, as well. But, um, but no, I, I do think... Watching it, it's the Star Wars DNA. You know, it's like you watch the obvious things. I think I did like the flashbacks. I think that's probably why it t- it took me out with the bike thing. And we're talking about Cyberpunk, which I did buy the computer game, and it was absolutely goddamn awful. <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077, one of the worst games ever. Awful yep. game. Um, I, I bought that. that day one special edition. So excited, Keanu Reeves. It was awful. And they're trying their best to save it. I've got a theory. Now, we've seen in the Marvel things, there is a multiverse going on. No mm. spoilers. You know, I know quite a big one that's just happened. Could this be the Fast and Furious multiverse? <laughs> is Dominic Toretto, Vin Diesel, going to pop up in his Dodge Charger like the guys in the bike? There's a multiverse to me. It's what he got in space. Yeah, they got into space in the last one in a Pontiac Ferrero. I mean, mean, these episodes episodes have been all about family. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. But no, I do think my last thing is I like the flashbacks. I think that's probably why the speed of chase and the bike thing just really took it out of me because I think there's a great story there with him, how he becomes who he is. He was obviously, you know, I have a problem with Boba Fett. I know that he's an absolute legend in the Star Wars world. For basically falling down a hole in the Tomb of Jedi. <laughs> That's all he did. I had the figure when I was a kid. I had the big Millennium Falcon. I had everything. I remember going from my birthday in Manchester and going and, and I had, we would know I'm not also nine kids. We had no money. So it used to be once a year, forget all your Star Wars stuff. And I used to go and I got the Millennium Falcon. I had everything, the chessboard, everything. And I had Boba Fett and I had Luke, Han, the different ones. And coincidentally, I went to my mother-in-law's loft and my brother-in-law has got every single... Uh, figure all these she's kept everything all like the, the x wings everything i'm dying to get up there and he knows they're there he's like you're not taking them but because <laughs> <laughs> they're all up there everything he's all the, he's, the daughters have got absolutely fuck all on toe exactly that yeah but the, my mother-in-law's kept all of it i went up there because it was a squirrel i'm like oh my god have you found anything's like nope and i'm opening the boxes going this is ridiculous i know how much that is but but no i think um i've gone completely off now Anna, but i just <laughs> I just think that there's such a, there's such good stuff there with the flashbacks and the way they're bringing it together. I like that because it's putting meat on the bones. I just have a problem with Boba Fett as a character. I just think they've absolutely, this mythical character has been created from nothing. He's great. He's got his own show. And I think because the Mandalorian, it had to be, the way it was come, everyone was at the end of Mandalorian going, oh my God, what is this book of Boba Fett? This has come from nowhere. Brilliant. I'm just not convinced by 
Fennec or Boba Fett, really. I think he just walks around like he's been to the gym with two carpets on like this. Walks around everywhere. And, and, and like you say, he's got a conscience now from nowhere. And it's like, you don't have a conscience. You just, you've come and, you've come and took over Jabba's palace and everything. Carry that on. Just kill people wantonly. Be, be the badass that you want to be. I think that's yeah. where the, even petting the big monster thing, I was like, oh my God. So anyway, I know there's a twist on that. We can see that coming mm. all the way. And if someone was going to kill me, I don't let the big 12-foot fucking monster just go. I'm sorry. That is ridiculous. <laughs> Ten minutes early, he's wanting to absolutely decimate me. And you go, don't worry about it, mate. You've just got signed up for the wrong killing contract. See you next time. Bit of foreshadowing <laughs> for later. But there you go. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I'm off. I'm off. I'm sorry, guys. No, that's, that's completely fine. I mean, I'm sure we'll... Uh, what we'll I'll just ask for uh, Dan and Andy's opinions on the flashback. And after that, we'll do yeah. a big old free-for-all for Black Crescentin and the... the <laughs> The speed of chase, if you call it a chase, more of like a, a slow, yeah. <laughs> a slow go. But I'll say, um, so Dan, if you want to go first with this, yeah. um, your thoughts on the flashbacky part. I think what they were going for with this was an Uncle Owen and Peru burnt bodies thing, mm. which for me, it didn't. It really didn't work. It, it felt really rushed. Um, I think there was a better way you could have done it as well. I think if you had Boba Fett riding slowly back on the Bantha and he's witnessing all this stuff going mm. on and there is yeah. nothing he can do because he can't he can't cover that distance himself in time. He can't cover it with the Bantha and you just cut and you don't have to show all of it. You don't have to show the more, you know, violent bits, just like pew, pew and the sparks and stuff. And, you know, the attacking of, of all the people. Again, you don't have to show it to the children or the women and the children. Um, you know, you don't have to show all that. You can just, you know, just show the odd bit. And it's just his, it's his reaction. It's his acting like, no, like or something like that. I think that would have been more effective and it would have like gone, oh shit, I, I really, because I look, again, I loved all the Tuscan Raiders stuff and it feels like they're just fucking throwing it away. Just like rubbish now. Um, we're back, you know, we spent almost no time in the modern day. Um, so now we're just going to drastically switch switch and just be like, everything is happening. But in those first two episodes, there was so much stuff being set up as well. And like, who's the mayor? What's this? What's this? And a lot of intrigue. And I feel like they're just, we met the ep- the mayor in episode two. So that, that was gone. That intri- And it was, it was just a hammerhead alien. And I was like, okay, that's fine. But there's not really much intrigue now. And we learned the ninjas are, were hired by the mayor. Again, that in- intrigue is gone. The huts in this episode have just gone, ah, don't worry about it. Again, intrigue, interest, and other plot points are just being fucking thrown away in the bin. Like within seconds, they're just going. It's like it's it's like watching Entourage because you know with that there was there was these non-conflict conflicts, and that's what yes. that's what they're doing in this. They're going, they're going. Here's a conflict, but ah, don't worry about it. It's fine. We sorted it. Sack it off. And it's just it's starting to piss me off because I've I've like like all the ideas and all the kind of like I know I know like Star Wars fans can like piss themselves off in a way by predicting stuff but i think i might probably have done that now but (laughs) (laughs) especially like last jedi especially a lot of the predictions were like no we're throwing the lightsaber behind my back um you know i just feel like why you know the whole thing with with the with i'm just going to call him the evil wookie or new backer as a (laughs) As a, I was reading a tweet from Kieran Gillen, who created the character in the comic, and he said, oh, my working title was New Backer for that character. 
So uh, I'm going to call him Newback. I think that's easier because uh, even even the writer doesn't know how to pronounce the name. Apparently, so I was like, okay, I'll 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 just call him Newbacker anyway. Um, like the fact that they've set up this big antagonistic character. Yeah, we had the fight, but then they, again, they've just let him go free. They've thrown that away, and I feel like there's so much they could have built up. And the only one thing they've introduced is the mod squad, and, and that's not my least favorite thing about it. So so yeah, um, again. Not not happy. I, I do have one bit I enjoy, but I'll I'll get into that later. But um, yeah, no, no, it's a no from me. Okay, and then, fair enough. You know, fair valid points. And then Andy, so the flashbacks and that sort of stuff. What were your strong opinions on that? Yeah, after spending, everybody said it. After spending so much time with them in the second episode, really getting to grips with their culture, you know, the way they behave, the way they've taken him on board, and everything, everything, the way they dress him. The way he that he saves them and they reciprocate, you know, in their way, and it's 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 all undone already, or mm-hmm. so we're so we're led to believe. Mm. Obviously, for, for me, some without trying to predict it, you know, we didn't see the body of the youngling. We didn't see the body of the um, of the uh, the female warrior. Um, if she is female, I'm only going off the that actress. Some, some woman's playing yeah. the character, isn't it? So. Um, yeah, something may come of it. I hope something does. Hope it, it's you know we get something that really progresses him as a character within the flashback still. But it, it was it was a dud for me because it just happened so abruptly, so quickly. It would have made more sense, like like's been said, if it came at the end. This is the twist. This is the shock. Mm. It's all gone. All this wonderful life that we think he's going to get that we know he's not going to get because otherwise he wouldn't be in this situation. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have gone to help Mando. He wouldn't have. Won't be traveling around the galaxy, you know, collecting his armor back up and you know, wanting to take control of Tatooine. So we knew this wasn't gonna last. I think I said I said it in the first episode, there's gonna be something drastically that happens, but not like this. To quote the Matrix, not like this. <laughs> not like this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? It deserved it deserved a bit more of a climactic feel, you know. Like Dan said, you don't have to get in there and show the nitty-gritty of blood and death and misery but we've seen very little emotion from from boba so far this was the opportunity because he's in a place where he feels like he's been accepted he's one of them and he's mm-hmm. changing his perspective he's changing the way he wants to way he wants to be and behave this is the opportunity to show that there is still some of that dark disintegrating personality still in there. There has to be a reason why Vader said no disintegrations. We need to see that side of Boba. And maybe we'll get it in, in the flashbacks. And maybe maybe we'll get it in the real world. Hmm. I mean, we saw it in Mando when he kicks the ass out of that entire platoon. A lot of people are expecting that. And I think reactions, like I said, I haven't seen the reaction to this episode, but you, every the way you're all saying, you know, it's, it sounds like it's coming across as a bit of a negative perhaps people are still wanting to see this ultra violence. Yeah. And I, I agree with Chris. This is the perfect opportunity to show that where, you know, you don't have to be R-rated with it, but we saw him destroy an entire platoon of stormtroopers. You can do that still. Mm. I don't know. He's not a good guy. Boba Fett. No. I think it's, I don't like using the word disnifying because I have awful traumatic memories of watching Star Wars prequels in theaters, unfortunately, but mm. you know, it's, it's, Reading the of the War of Bounty Hunters Legends books, 
as I'm watching the show, just to compare notes, right? Right. Yeah. I'm on the third book. I almost finished it. That, that, those are the legend books. Some of the few that I kept for many, many years from reading. And I'm not too fond of them. They're not that amazing to me. They're like, okay, all right. There's a lot of things they just, I don't buy there. And it's yeah. equally shallow here in the show. So it's not to say that it's the, remember how things were back in the day. I hate when fans do that. There's purest, uh, uh, my uh, point of view where Legends was this crispy, amazing, shiny thing and yes. everything new Disney fight is bad. But when you make Boba Fett and turn him into this good guy, he's, he's at the very least, he's an anti-hero. He's not a good guy. If mm-hmm. you're putting this nice code on him you're disnifying him hmm. mm. yeah to me he's the punisher of of star wars yeah yeah he should be should be that one that can sort of have these moments like in in the punisher film with tom jane you know it's my favorite one yeah it's not quite accurate you know the punisher and whatever mm-hmm. but those moments when he's he's accepting of a family that's oddball and doesn't quite work you get that with the sun people in this you get that and it it, it works in the context of he's, he's lost everything He's lost his employer. His Han Solo is obviously buggered off. He's got nothing. The Empire doesn't want him anymore because otherwise they would have sent somebody to come and get him. He's, he's got nothing. He got robbed by Jawas, for Christ's sake. It's embarrassing <laughs> for him. He's at his lowest ebb. You know what I mean? I, I, seeing the reactions to that in the first couple of episodes, you know, negative reactions, I was like, no, nah, you're all, you know, being ultra negative for no reason. I can buy him being robbed by Jawas because he's injured to hell. He's just nearly been digested. But yeah, there has to be something more, I think. Mm. For me, there has to be something more. And I'm I'm a little bit worried about where he's going to come from, I think. Yeah. Yeah, because I've been thinking, because one of the things I think I'm struggling with a little bit, because I... I did enjoy this episode, but I would probably say that, I mean, I I enjoy almost all Star Wars, even the worst books and comics I've consumed. At the very worst, they're okay. Of recent years, I think the worst Star Wars content actually for me in the new canon is actually The Rise of Skywalker, to be honest with you. And I still really enjoy that movie. I just think the plot is just atrocious. Um, but anyway, I'm not going to get into that because I've already whinged about that a lot in my podcast and everywhere else I can. Um, but I think <laughs> you haven't probably... whinged about it with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I haven't I haven't had you on the show and I haven't had Dan on the show, so there's still oh, ample time. Oh, um, it could happen. <laughs> it could, and it will. Um, but I think with me, with Boba Fett, I think the problem is, is that they can't, really decide what tone they want you know with mandalorian it was very consistent it was that here's basically a nomad someone who's got no one who he's close to he finds a vulnerable creature that needs him and actually shows him affection and wants to see past the mask wants to actually know who he is as a person and wants to go through that with him and it's his journey of basically becoming a father while realizing that the world he's bringing his kid up in isn't right and him trying to figure out what it is to be a mandalorian who he is as a person all these layers to things which is one of the reasons i think that mandalorian worked for so many star wars fans and in boba fett you've already got this and also mandalorian had no expectation this his new character from the first episode here's what he is he's a badass and we'll go from there with boba fett because there's there's the legends expectation there's the general like oh we've been waiting for him to get out of the sarlacc pit you know in legends he did it but like oh we've been waiting for him to get out of the sarlacc pit and we knew he survived like a lot of the sort of the non-super fans have been waiting for this for ages and you get that bit and then you're like cool boba fett's gonna kick some ass like we saw him do you know it's directed by robert rodriguez episode he's gonna kick some ass and then it's like okay no he's gonna get beaten up at almost every stage and then also randomly have a couple of nice creature interactions and it's like i don't you can be a badass and still be nice to animals, obviously, but it's one of those things where it's just like, I feel like they're trying to be like, oh yeah, 
oh, you remember Boba Fett is the badass. Well, he's a changed man now. It's like, okay, but you don't have a near-death experience and then lose every skill you've ever got. Yeah. And the problem is you've got him when he fought Black Chrysanthemum. And to clarify, Black Chrysanthemum, they haven't shown this in the show very much. Obviously, for listeners, I confirmed in the last episode, but he was shown in the uh, Darth Vader comics 2015 by Kieran Gillen, continued in the Dr. Afro comics. He's meant to be the opposite of Chewbacca. Chewbacca's a fierce warrior, but you don't get to see him let loose. Black Chrysanthemum is brutal. He's in gladiator pits. You know, you saw him have the brass knuckles. He is one of the most dangerous hand-to-hand fighters in probably all of Star Wars. But the problem is, is that if you haven't read... 50 to 70 comics which most Star Wars fans haven't you don't know that so when a lot of people see Boba Fett get the shit kicked out of him by this Wookiee who's basically just growled at him slightly in the previous episode and has done nothing else there's none of that thing where you need to show or say something you need someone to go oh my god Black Chrysanthemum, what, the one who took on 400 stormtroopers and ripped their arms off? Or, oh my god, Black Chrysanthemum, I fought him once and he almost killed me. I mean, in the comics, he fought Obi-Wan and almost killed Obi-Wan. Like, Obi-Wan just yeah. got out. That's why he's got a little scar there. That's from Obi-Wan's lightsaber, which I assume now, because they made the costume, he's probably going to pop up in a flashback of Kenobi, but still. The problem is they've got this character who is really strong. They haven't shown him to be strong. They've just have him beat up a really weak, greasy Boba Fett who's healing, and then have a couple of the mod squad cyberpunks come up and shank him, and he's still surviving. And it's like, okay, he's strong, and you're thinking, oh, I see what they're doing. Black Chrysanthemum's going to get hired by Boba Fett. And then he just jogs off into the desert. And you're like, <laughs> he literally just goes, oh, cheers, mate. He does what, and I call this, I call this like the... Um, the man half jog, okay, which is, you know, when you're driving down the road and someone's about to cross the road and you let them go and they put their hand up and do this walk, which they look like they're moving faster, but they're not actually moving any faster. They're just moving their arms a bit quicker. Yeah. And they're like, oh, thanks, guy. I'm, I'm showing you that I'm moving across the road quick, but I'm not actually moving any faster. That's how he left. And you're like, right, so you could probably, in one swoop, knock both Fennec and um, Boba down. Boba's not even got his helmet on. You could curb stomp Boba, probably choke out Fennec, and then you'd have Jabba's palace and you're like, I know but, uh, Fennec was he, aiming he a gun at kill, him. He could kill the two, you know. He could kill anyone. <laughs> he could kill thing. everyone. He could kill everyone in that he, bit. He's, he could kill the Rancor. He could kill Danny Trejo. Yeah, exactly. And I also want to say I'm glad Danny Trejo's finally in Star Wars. Has hey. um, but, you know, that was a nice little thing. And, you know, the Rancor being in it, that's cool. There's going to be a payoff to that. It's going to be... I, I'm just hoping that... What I suspect is happening is all of this is building up a bit too slow for my taste. I'm starting to think this episode, this series should have been six episodes, maybe, or even five, depending on what the next two are like. But I'm hoping what's going to happen is everyone's going, I want Boba Fett to go mental. I want him to go mental. And one thing's going to happen, and he's going to snap. I suspect maybe the Rancor's going to get killed or something. Or maybe he's going to find the youngling kid or something like that, and they're going to get killed by someone. And he's going to go mental. You're going to see the the bulging eyes you saw in the episode of Mandalorian, where he is just brutal. He's smashing stormtroopers and all this stuff. I'm hoping he's going to snap. I'm hoping we're going to see that. What I'm worried about is they're going to have this diluted Boba Fett for like six episodes, and then right at the end go... And here's five minutes of badassery. And it's like, I don't need seven episodes equating to some three to five hours of Boba Fett to see five minutes of coolness. If I could just watch the episode of The Mandalorian, like, why would I waste all this time to do that? And what I'm worried about is they're trying to make him too good because what I think they're going to do is trying to do like an Avengers style thing, which is the Ahsoka show is going to connect with the Boba Fett show that's going to connect with Mandalorian. If Rangers of the New Republic is still going to happen, who knows? Plus some of the other shows that are probably going to get announced over time around the same period. There's all going to build up to a remake of the Heir to the Empire trilogy with Thrawn. That's what it's all going to be. And what I'm worried about is they're trying to make Boba Fett too likable because when he does this super team up with all of the other nice characters from this era to fight Thrawn, no one's going to be like, what, Boba Fett? He's what? He's helping everyone. 
And I, I worry that they're focusing, and this is a, a problem that a lot of movies do when they're trying to start a franchise, which is they're focusing so much on setting things up for the next few, they're not actually building the plot of this one. And and that's a concern of mine for this show. Um, so that was my thoughts. I thought Black Chrysanthemum, he would have killed Boba Fett, to be clear. Like, he would destroy Boba Fett. If Boba Fett's in full armor might have a chance but mm. black Sand is brutal but they don't show it mm. um so with I mean, that in mind you, you oh, hear him pretty much break his back that's one thing i that baffled me you watch him go and i thought oh boba fett's gonna be in a state he's gonna go yeah. back in his back to tank but he was like afterwards he's like oh yeah oh put the gamorian who got bit a little bit in the shoulder in the back to tank i'm like you just had your back snapped what's happening you just let, me just a put, let, let me just put my dressing gown on yeah, yeah and then just cross my arms a little bit and walk in slowly it's like but did you not just get crushed by basically a seven-foot bodybuilder chimpanzee sort of thing where there's so much muscle that it literally crack your back? You didn't just go to the chiropractor and like, wow, thanks, by Chrysanthemum. I feel so much better now. It's not, you, you could have been dead. And it's just it was a back to tank. You see, they explained it. Yeah, but he, yeah, I know he's got the back to tank, but he didn't go in the back to tank back mm. after fighting. I'm being sarcastic. I don't oh. think back to tank would do it. <laughs> I see. <laughs> it's a... <laughs> It's a fix my back to tank. Oh, oh okay. It's a hey. 2.0 version. Hey. Okay. So <laughs> I think with, with this in mind, we'll get on to, obviously we'll, we'll talk about Black Ascent as well in bits and pieces, but I think the main event is the ending. And I'll just say my piece on this. I thought, uh, agreed with kind of already been uh, mentioned a bit. I thought that this, the, the scene, as you guys have said, it was janky. It lasted ages. It showed nothing. They did that thing as like a little oh, homage, which is people carrying out a pane of glass or a painting and someone goes through it. And I'm just like, oh, I've yeah. seen this so many fucking times. I don't ever want to see it ever again. The car chase was boring. It lasted forever. It didn't feel like there was any thrill to anything because I didn't care of any character who was involved no. in it. And it felt like someone had sped up footage. So it just looked like when someone's walking and you speed it up, it doesn't look like they're running. It looks like the footage is wrong and they're moving weirdly fast. And that's how it felt. You know, they go around these corners and they slow down ridiculously and then they're going in a straight line, but they're not really going that fast. I'm like, if this guy wants to get away that much, that he's spinning out of control and falling through things, etc., he would be going fast. And yeah. I don't know if it's a production issue or, or what. So with this ending uh, racing things, if anyone wants to... Put your hand on the goat first, because I've lost track of who spoke last, because I've been talking now for about 15 minutes. Um, who wants to dive right in and say that they're probably brutal thoughts on the ending? Are you doing it, Ben? Are you are you riling up? Go on then, Ben. Start us off, and we'll if go from there. If you gentlemen don't mind me taking Oh, you turn. go right ahead, Ben. Oh, go ahead. Um, all in all, yes, that chain scene was so far the weakest point of this episode so far. But once again, for me, with the mindset that I'm coming into this show, it wasn't a deal breaker. I looked at it, I said, well, you know, this is disappointment. This, we got some cracked eggs over here. Sometimes just things. Don't. What really makes me scratch my head and raise the question is, why is this inconsistency primarily populating all the live action parts mm. of Star Wars and not the animated? Because when we look at Star Wars Rebels, just for record, I'll say that I think <laughs> that the Clone Wars show, the Rebels show, and uh, uh, the Attack of the Clones are the best things that have it to Star Wars since 1983. Those, like, as per close to perfection as possible. Because you mean Bad Batch? Would you mean Bad Batch, Rebels, and Clone Wars? Yes. The yeah, Bad okay. Batch, Rebels, and Clone Wars, the right. three animated shows. And it seems like they're able to keep their stories and character developments on track when the yep. animated shows are involved. I don't understand when things don't connect, at least for me personally, when it comes to Mandalorian or the Book of Boba Fett. 
it, it's very uneven and very wonky and very odd. I could forgive one chase scene that just didn't work technically, but at least I could say like, okay, I, I, I can follow the story here. It's just that the, the picture is mired. The picture doesn't look right, but so the hell with it. You know, I know where they're taking me here. I'm still excited and invested for this character. I don't understand why it's so difficult with a prominent showrunner like, like John Favreau. I personally don't think much of him, but fans seem to embrace his work. Why can't he have like a more concerted effort to say like this is the single vision that we're taking this and these characters need to have their arcs through episode three, four, five, and six or whatever to connect it all one into this one complete package. Like what you said earlier, Mike, I completely agree with this scene and the way they're treating Boba Fett represents this very marketed industrial approach to making this Star Wars off the conveyor belt and like more, 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 come on, come on. And, you know, I can't help but agree with most of fans. And I'm very optimistic Star Wars fan. It's Star Wars is not special anymore. It doesn't feel exciting anymore because it needs to connect and allude to and be this larger universe. And granted, they have done it in Star Wars Legends. Granted, Boba Fett turned from a nobody Bounty, a faceless bounty hunter to almost overnight helping the new alliance and Luke Skywalker and Han Solo and squash his beef with him. Granted, that happened all before, but here you are starting from scratch. You purposely took the 40 year rich history of storytelling and set it on the side, which I'm fine with. I wasn't against that at all. I said, by all means. And just comparing this chasing, which we didn't like, it kind of leaves the bitter taste in your mouth. I think. I just want to make this comparison. Star Wars works best when it doesn't play into fan expectations and there is no pressure on the filmmakers to deliver something. And a prime example of that is from the novel's standpoint in The High Republic, which is, to me, breaking new ground. It feels fresh. It feels exciting. It throws me in the time era when I was a seven-year-old enjoying Star Wars. And same happened with The Bad Batch. We barely saw this group in the previous show, at the closing of the Clone Wars show. We didn't know what to expect, what kind of personality types there are. And I was so happy to see that the show didn't become Clone Wars 2.0. It did something entirely different. It put this innocent youth, right, Omega, a character who is a nobody, at the forefront of the show. And I wish the Book of Boba Fett did that as well. It played on the subverting expectations, but in, in a more uniform way, in a more concerted way. And if this chase scene, more than anything, just reveals how disconnected they seem from episode to episode, director to director. Hmm. Yeah. And Chris, I want to know your sort of opinions on the uh, both, because obviously you aren't entrenched in the world of Star Wars quite in the same way that the rest of us are. So with you, when you saw obviously Black Chrysanthemum and the Rancor, um, as Danny Trejo and stuff, and then also the chase scene, what did you think of of those elements of this? Did you think uh, similarly to what we were like, where it's like, oh, there's some inconsistencies, it's not quite as good? Or for you, did you think it was cool, but you weren't expecting much? Like, what was your sort of perspective on that? I think, because uh, obviously it's seven episodes, isn't it? And yep. I think there's, there's some things there straight away that are laid down. I think the Rancor isn't this, I'm going to put my eyes on Boba Fett and I'm going to love you forever and let you ride me, you know, like fucking Rodeo. I think that's actually the, um, I think, I think that's the Hulk's final play. And basically it's going to, we, we get that little line, he'll be back sort of thing, you know? So I, I think that is an absolute blag. And we, and, and I do think we're after some original stuff. 
And basically, most of this was ripped out of Return of the Jedi. We've got the trapdoor, Luke, you know, every, which as a kid, I absolutely love that scene, you know. And I had the little, I don't know the names to us properly, but the the, the, the buddy pig fucking hog things, the green oh, things. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had the little figure and I always made sure that he got a good kick in off Luke and stuff when he was a kid and all that. Uh, so I think all, it's laying down the markers for some pretty obvious things. I could be wrong. This, I, I was a massive fan years ago of Smallville. Uh, you know, the Superman, I love Superman. He's my favorite superhero out of all of them. As you know, Mike, Superman 2, God-like film forever <laughs> and a day. Don't care what anybody says. I love Endgame. I love all the Marvel stuff, but Superman 2 is the best ever. Christopher Reeve, the man. But in Smallville, you would have 20 episodes a season, but you'd always get these shit episodes where someone comes to Clark and goes, oh my God, there's a cat stuck up a tree. Oh, hang on a minute. My truck's broke down and we need to harvest this field. And we spend a full episode of just shit. And this is a bit like the Mandalorian. I have a lot of respect for Disney where it's not just our episodes are 45 minutes or an hour. They are as long as they want the, the, the episode to be. One of the early Mandalorian episodes was about 23 minutes. I think it was the second one, but it was also one, maybe the, it was one of them was really short. And I was like, this is bizarre. But the one before- the credits are so long. You look at it go, oh, yeah, 35 yeah, so minutes. And then it finishes like 23. Minutes. You're like, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's about 50. And this was 36 minutes, but realistically, we're looking about 25, really, with the credits either side and the skipping everything as you can do. And the recap. And the recap. Yeah, the recap. And I think, and I respect that because it's like, well, this is going to be as long as we want it to be to tell this story. But also this felt like an episode of Smallville. Mm. That guy comes yeah. and goes, oh my God, I'm harvesting water. And these bad people, because we need to introduce <laughs> them into the world, we need you to go and stamp your authority. It's got fuck all to do with the show really, but we just need you to come and do it because it's going to bring these people in and they're going to mean something. And that's not being disrespectful to anyone. I'm not trying to be a smart ass. I just, I, I see it. As a, as a watch, as, as I see, I'm a big Star Wars fan. I wanted so much from this. And I just, I come away thinking, yeah, I really hope that the four episodes, now I did not like WandaVision. I thought the first two episodes they released was absolutely a disgrace because it was set in 1950s. I love Lucy Bollocks. Anybody who's not into the proper Marvel stuff is going to walk away and go, well, what the fuck was that? And everyone I knew went, what the hell was that? There should have been three episodes because it, it gives you that foundation. And I feel, I like the way they do this. It's every week, great. You know, there's no real spoilers unless you're within the world. You can just watch it for what it is. I just felt that it's just a waste of the characters. Chris Anton, he, he's obviously going to come back in the seventh episode and save Boba. He's going to come back because he's given that respect to say, you know what, you're not such a bad guy after all. And he's going to come in. Han Solo style, you know, just as about to blow up the Death Star and he's going to go, woo, take it home, kid, or whatever. And that's going to be the end of it. And he's going to set up his own franchise, probably. There's going to be some way because they can't get away from that. They can't tell a story. He should have been taken out. He should have been, the, the rancor should have gone, Danny Trejo, take him downstairs. Let's show him I mean business. That's how it should have gone. Yeah. Not, yeah. And I love what you said, Mike, about the walking away because that is fantastic. It was, and I was laughing because, Little story. My wife, a few years ago, she doesn't wear a lot of heels. We went out on a night out, got abandoned by our friends. They went to go clubbing. And my wife's like, well, that's it. I'm not getting a taxi. And we were about a mile and a half away from our house. I went, you can't walk in them heels. I'm not giving you a piggyback. I mean, I'm 6'2". <laughs> she's 5'3". I don't care. I And she's, she isn't, you know, she's quite a small petite. I'm like, there's no way I'm carrying you. 
And she did the same thing. And she was running next to me in the heels and she sounded like a horse galloping. And I'm walking and I went, you do realize that this pathetic run you do and he's not going any faster than my walk. You know what I mean? It's just, so when you said it, I love that because when he walked off camera, it was ridiculous. It's like, well, where are you actually going? You know, you just... Walking into a ravine. Yeah, the huts are there who have just fucking thrown you under the bus. Surely you're going to go and take them out because they've got no respect for you. It was ridiculous. So I think we've got the DNA of the Marvel's Disney era stuff. We're going to get a hero's redemption story somewhere. And that's what I felt. I'm definitely going to watch all of it because I know I felt that on some of the other series. And then when it's got towards the end, I'm like, oh, well, actually this does actually make sense. And sometimes if you watch it as one complete long film, it's a lot better to watch than, mm-hmm. you know, just watching it in stages. And that's what's yeah. about WandaVision. <laughs> Them first two episodes were awful for me because they didn't lay any foundations. And then it got better as the series went on. So that's how I feel. I feel that it's a missed opportunity. Robert Rodriguez directed the first and third episodes. I'm with you. Robert Rodriguez, you know, Years ago, 90, stuff like that, some great movies. I've watched them all, you know, I've loved the guy. I just don't know whether he gets it. And I think sometimes you can just be too clever. If you're trying to do your own slant on things, yeah. you can just be too much of a smart ass. And I don't feel that we're getting the best out of the mythical Boba Fett, which everybody's wanted for nearly 40 years. Mm. Very well put. And so, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah Spider-Dan and Andy, your opinions. I can't remember who I went to first. I think Spider-Dan yeah. last time. So, Andy, do you want to yes. hit it home? Go, Andy. Yeah, well, again, like from what we've been talking about, I feel like the biker gang took away important moments from other characters, just from what we've been saying. So, like, Cassantan's beating the absolute living daylights out of Boba, and it's the biker gang that save him. But we haven't really seen much of Fennec Shand, have we, since the first episode? We haven't really see, seen her sort of backing up her boss. Where was she? for this that is a perfect moment for her to show her strength mm. you know her resilience her abilities and why boba sort of sees her in such high regard why he has her as his second for me that should have been that it should have been her that comes in and does the damage and we really mm-hmm. see why boba relies on her so much and then with the chase we see boba come in on his jetpack afterwards why was he not just doing the chase mm. And trying to like land on the ship and trying to get yeah. the passengers. Why did we not see to... his his yeah. abilities with his jetpack? You know, blasting away. Because last time, the why is he never using it? Properly, you know, never using it. He never uses yeah. it. He's, he's got PTSD like... from Han Solo back in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's too expensive. Exactly. But it, it, t- it took me back to took me back to the first episode when they surround him. These guards surround him, and they just uh, block. Block with arm, block with your arm, and your left leg. Block, block with your left arm, and like, come on, you, you got this, you got this a bit, this, all these abilities and all these, all these devices that we saw in that Mando episode. Use them, use them. You, you've shown us you, you have them. Use them here. So it's for everything, for everything they're doing and creating, and you know, with this eye for obviously what's going to come later. The taking away from the immediacy for me. Like I said, with the whole Black Cassandran thing, don't send him away. The Huts don't want him. They've told you, pretty much like in Gladiator. You know, this is when the old guy says to Russell, growing Gladiator, they left you for dead. Fight for me. Fucking hell, Bubba should have done that. He should have mm. gone. The Huts have left you for dead. You kicked my ass, mate. Join me and I'll treat you right. You can be anything you want. You don't have to listen to them. You don't have to work for anyone. You can work for yourself. 
as long as you give me the respect and pay your little treat every month, like a good gangster movie. Mm. You know, like, it, it should be this. It, it shouldn't be what running off into the June Sea. He's going to die. He's a Wookiee. <laughs> he's, 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 he's covered in fur. He's going to yeah. sweat it to death. And then you know, for, all, for all of that, for all this banter and this back and forth between the Hurts, Black Cassantin, you've got Danny Trejo just sat on the speeder with a, with, a, with a big rancor going, I don't know what these guys are on about. You know, let them have their bit. And I'm sure they'll come over to us in a second. I don't know. It's just a bit weird. It's just a bit weird. Doesn't it? <laughs> My opinion has gone down a little bit more from all our discussions. But I, I agree with, with like everything that Ben's saying, like, you know, trying to sort of trying to enjoy it because there, there are bits that I do enjoy. I really enjoyed the second episode. I enjoyed the train because in, because I'm a, I'm a big fan of these classic movies. Like I said, it Lawrence of Arabia it just brings me back to that. The homages are spectacular when they're paid in the right way. But the homage in this episode from Mr. Rodriguez was just getting Danny Trejo in and it didn't work. It, mm. it didn't give me that sort of like, it was like, he dropped the ball. Like, like it's been said, he dropped the ball. No tension in it, no tension, no, no real, true, believable character developments. And the, the, the most important moment, the moment when we're supposed to go, oh Christ, it's all going to shit. They gave it us in the first five minutes. And then we've moved on and we're being treated to, as Dan said, the Power Rangers on them, Power Ranger cycles. When are they going to join together and call create the Super Megazord? Maybe that'll happen in episode <laughs> six. I'm not sure. Super we'll Megapad. It'll be the Rancor and the Megazord battling out. And Boba Fett will be the jetpack. He'll just clip onto the back of him like this and then they'll finally yeah. be able to use it. <laughs> and, you know, they set up this, set up, we haven't even talked about it, but the, I, don't, I can't remember what they're called, but the, the, the fish people, you know, oh, not the Man Calamari. Say yeah, again. the pikes. The pikes, that's it. They've yeah. set up the pikes. Well, we haven't talked about it, have we? So no. it clearly hasn't really impacted anything. There's no. no excitement there. Oh, the pikes are coming. They're all getting off a ship. Well, really? That's not interesting. I wanted the, I wanted the gang warfare on this planet from mm. the from the, the three locations that you've mentioned. Ah, I don't want this. I don't want intergalactic warfare. We've had that. I want this grounded you know, gangster level stuff because you said it yourself, you want to be in charge of the criminal underworld and you want to do it respectfully and you want to get the Trandosians and all these people to follow your bidding. You you killed Bib Fortuna in cold blood. Where has that gone? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was like you literally murdered him. As you say, in cold blood, he was he completely unarmed. He, I think he even, like Bib Fortuna is like a really weak character. Like he, he's just, he is a beta. Yeah, so it's like he, Boba he'd, Fett could have gone over. He'd have bent over immediately yeah. and gone, oh, you, yeah, and you could go, oh, Bo, oh, Bib, I'll use you because you've got all these connections. I'll use you. And then what would have been cool is in the second episode or something, then he kills him to be like, right, you've, you've, you know, feeds him to the rancor. You're a worm. Yeah, exactly. But instead they're like, all right, I'll kill you immediately, even though you probably didn't deserve it necessarily. And yet all these people who either deserve it, I'm not going to. So it's once again, this is inconsistency, which is kind of throwing us off. I think all of us are like, even if we wanted this badass Boba Fett, we're not getting it. Okay, well, we're going to get this other Boba Fett as long as we get it. Oh no, you're going to get it in drips and drabs and a little bit here, but not quite. And this bit's, it's Dan, let's hear your thoughts on the final thing and then we'll start to wrap up. Um, so I, I think uh, what Ben was saying about the Disneyfying and the larger universe and the connections and stuff, like John Favreau was at the, the, the shit end of that when they made Iron Man 2. Marvel was like, 
let's shove in as much fucking references to the Avengers and everything that's coming up. And it fucked him off. It fucked off Robert Downey Jr. They fell out for a decent amount of years. He didn't do anything Marvel related for a while. He came back as Happy Hogan with, you know, his mate Shane Black in Iron Man 3. And that was like, well, well, we'll see what happens. They give him a bit more of a meteor role. And obviously he's had more meteor roles within that, but he's not in that creative vein. But here he is. So the idea that he's force feeding a lot of kind of stuff where it's like is this character and there's this and this is going to happen you know and it's going to connect like you said with all these different shows that are coming on and thrawn and everything i'm just like yeah it it doesn't really work for me i think with new backer they've basically recreated return the jedi where you know boba fett went down a hole new backer went down a hole you know they've (laughs) they've proved him to be basically useless set him up very dangerous don't mess with him. Eyes uh, easy. This these shitty punks can can beat him and throw him down a hole. Nothing useless. Um, I think again, Andy was right. Why are we watching a chase scene? A very slow chase scene with two, two, you know, several characters we don't know and or care about. There is no danger. There's no stakes. What is the point? Um, why is Fennec not doing it? Why is Boba not doing it? Like in the in Mando, you know, he wears that helmet a lot. He never takes it off. You know what? If if tomorrow Morrison can't physically do it or something, I know he's an older guy. He's amazing and very talented and can do stuff. But if he can't physically do it, or if there's a problem with that, you, you can you, you just put the another guy in the helmet. It's, mm. it's not it's yeah, not there three different two or three different stuntmen for. There you go. Yeah. I saw that. Pascal, yeah. All of them with different skills. One of them was a gunslinger, like a professional like mm. stunt gunslinger. The other ones were all, you know, hand-to-hand combat, you know. Get them doing they it. They must Get be using them, them surely. You can CGI everything. You can CGI stuff. As long as you do it well, it's fine. But again, it's just... They're setting up this war, and I'm like, are we, is it really a war? Like, I'd, I'd like to see multiple different groups of gangs going to war, not just like two. It doesn't really, uh, again, it's just throwing throwing stuff away. Uh, the only stuff I really like was the Rancor stuff and Machete, you know, training the Rancor. I love Machete. You know. <laughs> And and and, I, and the, the bit where he's like, they can be very loving, and I'm like, mm, you sound a bit like you're a bit too familiar with a the rancor there, Machete. Um, I was like, mm, they can be very loving. It's just the way he delivered that line. Was he was like, snuggling me on the way here. It was very yeah. nice. But then it also that also harkened back to the trainer of the original rancor, Return of the Jedi, where he's crying. Malachili, Malachili yeah. is his name. He's like, one of my favorite scenes. I love Return of the Jedi. I think it's actually now my favorite original trilogy film. Every time I watch, do a big Styles rewatch, I change the order of what my favorite are but literally when he cries when the rancor dies and he's being consoled by this other thug it kills me every time yeah. I literally, it cracks me up it's so funny because it's just this you know nothing against people who are overweight but it's this big tubby guy who's covered in grease and sweat wearing basically nothing crying about this giant drooling very ferocious looking monster he looks like a mini rancor that's the, basically yeah, that's the beauty of star wars though we we We've always been made to fall in love with small characters that don't have anything. Mm-hmm. In the in the, this episode, we've had all these characters come through. Don't love them. Don't care about don't them. Don't care. Don't no. care. And and, and that's that's really upsetting to me because I love all these random weird characters. You know, I'm I'm a huge Boba Fett fan. I'm but I'm a fan of the mystery, and I'm worried that the mystery is being undone. It's being yeah. it's all being the enig- opened up too much. I, kind of, I, I didn't have any sort of 
thoughts or feelings going into the, the Boba Fett show because I knew that mystery was going to be taken away. Mm. I, I, I'm reading, you know, the, the current um, Bounty Hunter comics that are out now and he's, he's still wearing his helmet. He doesn't take his helmet off. Yeah. yeah. And Dare I, I say, I wish he'd keep it on a bit more. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I know exactly what you mean. We'll start to wrap up it. I'll go with Chris first because I know that Chris is on a slight tighter time limit sure. than the rest of us. Oh, so, he is, isn't he? So, yeah. um, Chris, well, if you yeah. just want to say to us, um, what do you want? Because we're now, we're, we're near the halfway point. I'm, I'm really hoping that when we get, I'm hoping that when I have this next discussion next week, episode four, everyone's going to go, blew me out the water. The rest of the episode has been a build up from here, you know, 100 miles an hour. I think that's what we're all kind of, we're hoping because if the next episode's crap, it's going to mean that, the the series is halfway through and people still aren't quite hooked. So so Chris, what do you want from the next few episodes of uh, Boba Fett? Cool. And I, I will say Dan give, put me onto uh, something that has traumatized me about the Mandalorian. Why the hell he took his mask off when he went into the the uh, base and didn't take off at the end when yeah. Grogu went ridiculous. I said it when we covered it, didn't we, Mike? I think we yeah, covered it. He, and, he did uh, eventually ridiculous. take off, but he was very hesitant to take it off. Oh, and I'm just this... like, you took it off in front of Bill Burr and loads of yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which, which actually, that bit doesn't make sense because I, like, I thought Bill Burr was going to be the one to activate the terminal because he's yeah. in the database. He He's yes. the one. Why yeah. would Mando? Why would a person? It's like, oh, you need to scan someone's face. Okay, here's a face that's never been scanned before. Okay, here's all the Imperial records. Don't worry, bud. It's like, isn't yeah. the point of an ID card? Isn't the... but yeah. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> sorry, no, no. You're right because the impact, and, and I agree with with uh, what Andy was saying. That it's the impact of the mask mm. when you know the helmet and stuff. He's like, keep it on. You know, mm. look, Tomorrow Morrison wore one of the worst wigs and facial things ever in Aquaman. Let's be honest, it was the worst <laughs> de aging I've ever seen. So I'm not bothered if he's going to wear a mask or anything, you know. But it, it for me, I, I want action i don't want him just keep walking around like he's a doorman at a club or summer and he's got a chip on his shoulder i agree the comments about fennec doing absolutely fuck all it said to eating a free all-inclusive fucking buffet every day <laughs> Beat up, perfect makeup on it's absolutely nonsense she was a badass in the mandalorian you know the the character i was invested in i love the build-up the trailer of a sat on the throne with him she's got the drink there and every i thought oh this is going to be great she's going to be the assassin, she's going to do all his bidding and she's done nothing. And that isn't a slant on her, it's on both no. of them. Mm. He, he's all of a sudden, I mean, when the, that guy said, with all due respect, no one respects you. Well, he's done nothing but gone into a palace and sat there and ate food. I, I thought he was right. I went, oh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he went, I, I, that's not what I'm hearing. What? Inside the palace where you've got some robot coming in going, uh, they're not booked in. I can't see him. You know, it's <laughs> nonsense. It's like, come on, give us some context to this. So at least let me believe that people are running rampage in this little town and stuff. So no, I, I want I want to come back and be completely wrong and be Chris. You are being a bell end. You are absolutely jumping in <laughs> as usual, two footed, not thinking about the longer game. And then come from there because I'm sure my very good friend, Mr. Dave Horrocks, would absolutely throw me under the bus and say, "Should have kept your mouth shut." And he's probably right. So <laughs> yeah. I want to believe that this this is just a one division type slow build up, mm. and there has been some good action. The only thing I've struggled with it's a bit like, and I love the John Wick films, but when I went to see John Wick three. I really struggled with the choreography with Keanu Reeves. And this is terrible because I know a lot of people love it more than the first, out of the first one so much. But because he's getting older, I feel like you can see the choreography more in the moves and what they're doing and that. Don't get me wrong, it's still a great movie. 
Um, he's, and he gets saved by Morpheus as well at the end, which is ridiculous, you know, Matrix crossover, <laughs> but there you go. Um, but but it, it is one of them things. And I feel with Tamara Morris, because he's older, when he's doing stuff, he's dead stiff. He's like, you know, it's like, I'm going to need to be in this spot. And I think that's where Fennec should come in. Mm-hmm. The young, yeah. agile assassin. She does all his bidding. And then, like you said, Mike, then we might get an absolute rage scene where almost... I don't know, Kylo Ren type levels of, you know, we know we see that off camera, but he absolutely takes every single person out. And um, like Dan was saying, you know, you see the shots and like he would, he would have saw like the, the, uh, the settlement getting killed off, but you see something to enforce that fear because basically all he's done, he's blagged his way into Jabba's palace. He's killed that guy who I did have as a figure and he used to get, I used to bend his, his weird tusk things as uh, a kid. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I had him, and he always got levered as well by Luke. <laughs> always. He was just terrible. I think he had a, black, a blue suit on, a, 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 if I remember correctly, when I was a kid. So he's gone back to, like, the mid-'80s. But but I just want more, and and, and I know we've, we've all had and it's some great discussions, and I love the fact that you guys are so into it. You know everything about the Star Wars that I don't. I'm just casual. It's like the comics emotion stuff that we do. I am literally just a superhero film fan. I know fuck all about comics. And to get me to read a comic takes like literally you've got to put a gun to my head sort of thing to, to do it. So I'm just a gamer. I'm a massive gamer. I, I love gaming. That's all I do 24 seven. And I love watching movies. So when I speak to you guys, I've got complete respect because your love for Star Wars, things like that is like my love for gaming. That's, that's my thing. So when I come in, I don't mean to be such a, it tends to be obnoxious to just throw in as as I see it but no, we like your uh, opinion though because that's what I like about having you here because the rest of us are basically yeah. super fans and I like this yeah. is one of the reasons I like hearing Megan's opinions on a lot of Star Wars stuff because where I read everything and she's just like I've seen the series and the movies a few times and that's it it's always interesting because yeah. you are actually the, the show is more aimed at people like you than the rest of us yes. there's little hints yes. like oh Black Cassandra oh this or that but generally yeah. it's like the main audience of people who've seen all the films and some of them have seen the series. They're not expecting everyone yeah. to have seen and read all the other stuff. So I like hearing your yes. perspective from that. And you never need yeah. to apologize for it. No, and you're right. Yeah, you're right. Because what blew my mind, this is going back to comics, is when Dave said there was more than one Robin and there was one more <laughs> Batman. I grew up with Dick Grayson, Adam West, you know, Burt Ward. I don't need to know that nonsense. I don't need to know. And I watched Titans and everything. I don't need to know that there's been other people play Superman and Batman and Sp- all Spider-Man. I love Miles Morales. I love the game, as you know, Mike. Absolutely one of my favourite game series ever on the PlayStation. But I'm like... I don't need to know this. There is only one Spider-Man and he is Peter Parker. So when you, when that's what I love about that, it expands my knowledge, even if I don't want to believe it, but that you're right. It tailors to somebody who's just sat in front of a TV and watched these, you know, these characters. So no, it's been, and it's been a pleasure guys. It's been such lovely to meet you all as well. Oh, I'm not nice. going anywhere yet, but I want to hear everyone says, <laughs> but I, I really, really enjoyed it tonight. I know that you yeah. will have to jump up at some point. So when, if we continue to natter on, I guess that point, you can just say bye and we'll, we'll bid you adieu. Um, right. So if we go, um, I'm interested now, sorry, um, we'll, we'll all talk about the last things, which will be just what we want from the show going forward. Uh, obviously, Chris has already eloquently put what he wanted. I want to go to Andy first, because I recall in the first episode, Andy, you said something about uh, kind of what you're hoping for was yeah. something like The Sopranos. And now you've had to taper your views. I'm interested in what your views are now of what you want the show is it still the same or is it <laughs> taken down a couple of pegs <sighs> say saying take it take it down a couple of pegs i think is brings it sort of like a negative sort of way of looking at it i, I am sort of like 
going along the lines of what Ben said before, of like saying, all right, come to me. Let, let's see where this goes from here. And I think the ideal world for me, because I was thinking about, you know, this this cancelled Boba Fett video game that was a, a few years ago. I think oh, it was 13, like, 13? Was that yeah, it? 13, 13. Mm. I think in my mind, I thought, oh, maybe they're going to do something along that line. You know, maybe they're going to go really into the underworld and, you know, get into the real grittiness of it. Like, like I said in the first, on the first discussion, you know, like these other, other bounty hunters, other criminal gangs, and now he's got to, you know, work his way through them. But like we've said, it, it's Disney-fied. They're not going to, I don't think they're going to, they, they're going to go too in-depth with any of that, are they? So I think going forward, and I, I've done this quite a lot with uh, films and TV shows over the last couple of years, I'm just letting them come to me. And I'm going to do that with this as well. I'm, I'm not going to sort of say, I hope this happens. I've got theories, like I said, about with the, you know, the the youngling and the, the female warrior, Black Cassandra coming back, you know. Got theories. There's a theory in my head that I hmm, that I've I've seen a couple of things being knocked around on Twitter about certain characters coming back. I really hope that isn't the case. Um, I don't know whether anybody else has seen that, like rumors of a deep fake Han Solo or something like yeah. that. We we ha- in the last episode there was I think Scott did mention something like that, and I think we all really? in yeah. in that conversation we all kind of unanimously went. I really hope not. I like. Yeah. I want. I want I, it I to be want plot it. first. If it works yeah. in the plot, Black Chrysanthemum works because they need a big, strong character yeah. to come it's in. A fresh and, character. Yeah, yeah and it's a fresh character. Yeah, exactly. And us nerds who love comics, like, oh my god, Black Chrysanthemum's on screen, and everyone else is like, oh cool, there's a giant, scary Black Wookie. That's cool. Yeah, that works. Not just, oh man, we need to get another big character. Let's just pop Luke yeah. Skywalker. Let's pop Hans. It's like no, just plot first. Yeah, and like I said, like I said to you in, in our first discussion, if they do do like cameos of like Bosk comes in or um, Forlom mm. or Dan's favorite, you know, yeah. which is Dengar, Dengar, man with a Dengar for some reason, because he's got a nappy on his head. That's his design. That's <laughs> but, that's that's literally it. That's all yeah. he's got going for him. <laughs> for for me, if they do have like things like cameos coming forward, they have to be right. It has to feel organic. Um, and for that reason, I'm not expecting and I'm not anticipating, and I don't really want cameos. We had that big cameo with Luke Skywalker, yeah, brilliant in some in some cases. It took a little bit away from me for what was the true moment, which was Grogu leaving Mando. That's just my opinion on the Luke Skywalker thing because I thought like that's more important. It's it's Grogu leaving, except the internet's gone mad about Luke Skywalker, and rightly so. Fucking brilliant! The parallels between that and Vader's attack on, yeah, on that ship in Rogue One, brilliant. Shot pretty much exactly the same initially when coming out of the lift. Brilliant. Um, I just don't want cameos in this. I don't want it to become a cameo show. That is my only want going forward. Mm. I want to focus. I hope they focus on the story. Yeah, that's my only thing. I'm I'm prepared to sit there and go. Let's see what happens this week. Let's see what happens next week. Let's see what happens in series two if it goes that far. Don't want it to be the very last episode to be riddled with cameos or Han Solo comes in to save the day. <laughs> yeah, I'll cheapen it. It, it would. Um, so if we go, um, we'll go to Dan and then we'll finish off with uh, Ben. So Dan, what, what are your sort of thoughts on uh, what you want going forward? 
I, I can't I can't really make any more predictions because I, I really don't know where they're going to take it. I imagine Jennifer Beals character is going to come back in some form. Mm. I, I think I think you don't cast Jennifer Beals without actually using her in some form because yeah. um, she is really good. If you've ever seen Devil in a Blue Dress uh, with Denzel Washington, it's an amazing little noir story. Uh, check that film out if you haven't. Um, but yeah, I, I just everything that that Andy's basically just said, like don't litter it with cameos don't litter it with this like tell a good story tell a decent story tell a boba fett story just make it make sense like like for me it's it's got to go up from this episode because this was really i don't want i don't like to use the word trash but it it was close to how i would describe it was that bad for me where i was just like what is any of this like this <laughs> What is this? I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't pin down anything. I didn't know what, like, again, just all of it was just. I thought it was a complete mess. I am coming. I did watch Venom. Let there be carnage last night, so that might have fed into my negativity today. We're gonna have to talk about. We're gonna have to talk about that. I want to come on your show and talk about carnage a lot because I'm just getting into absolute carnage. I've watched the uh, both Venom and Let There Be Carnage, so I'm interested. Yeah, I'm sure. This is a teaser. Hey, we're doing the Book of Boba Fett teaser at the end of Mando. We're doing Mm. the Spider Dan Mike. Yeah, we're gonna do the carnage conversation. Yeah, it's 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 a a, we've we've got it. It's coming. It's coming. It's on. It's on the cards. Um, but yeah, I just I just I don't know where it's gonna go, but it's it's gotta go up from here. Cause if it doesn't, I'm I'm you know, if I wasn't necessarily gonna do all of them for this, I might not necessarily do it if it's worse than this episode. It's really gotta come up. Well, for if me. episodes four and five are that bad, you can just message me and say, Dude, I just, please, I don't want to be in episode no, six I, or seven because I'm just checking out. <laughs> I'm like, get, I've got to get out when the getting's good. Um <laughs> Uh, I, I hope I hope um, I hope Timothy Oliphant turns up in some form as well. I, I would actually look. Um, like that. that is the only thing I'd like to see, really, like mm. in some form, because I think that would be an interesting interaction. But that's the only cameo I would really want to see from any of the characters. Um, yeah, it's not it's not great for me. Again, uh, I know Chris likes to talk um, say everything's bollocks, and this one was absolute bollocks <laughs> for me. Like it was complete and utter bollocks. I know that's kind of his catchphrase. <laughs> Uh, it's not cosmic bollocks, not quite cosmic bollocks. No, not the superheroes still... for dummies one. But no, 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 no. <laughs> no but it's still it's still a genuine high level of bantha bollocks for me. So, uh, yeah, not 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 good in I any see. state. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's a complete mess. I just hope they tidy up the mess. That's all. Nice. Well, Ben, I know that you generally don't like to predict things and uh, throw those expectations about. So just sort of your final thoughts on this episode, and then we'll get everyone to do their their cool signs, and we'll sign this off. So Ben, finish us off with your uh, From my angle, this episode did not represent the worst of Star Wars in any way. I was like, whatever. Mm-hmm. I had my fun with it, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I think that a lot of fans might possibly be feel disappointed if they're getting their hopes up for this show to get any better, actually. I think that's where it's at. That's where it's going to go. Look, I think Mike and I have spoken on my podcast that even great cinematic franchises like X-Men, which I think is probably the best comic to film adaptations, except for maybe one or two movies, continuously for 20 years, they have entertained us with like heavy hitters. And even for that franchise, it took them nearly 20 years to produce something as special as Logan, which to me rises above comic book cinema. This is art. You know, and to expect that from Star Wars, I think it's 
unrealistic. And for somebody like me, quite honestly, guys, again, I don't want to drop the, the, the you know, uh, on anybody who's a fan of Boba Fett. I never grew up with him as a fan. He was a nobody who, you know, Han Solo just like disposes into the Sarlacc. He's he was a non-character that started to finally emerge for me personally when I started reading the New Jedi Order series. That's where he was contextualized. That's where he was given a prominent, proper role with mature treatment and had a, a lot more involved with Han Solo, with everything else that made me care for this character. As far as the show is concerned, I just don't care. I don't care enough to be disappointed by it. I think... This show, this episode in particular, should put the Star Wars showrunners, you know, in close contact with fan voices out there, especially on YouTube, and say, like, okay, how do we move forward from there? Because I would feel personally disappointed if the the um the uh the Bad Batch show season two, which already for me has set up such high expectation, would would digress into something like this and i would see that star wars would completely go ballistic if the kenobi show is of the same production mm. value and level. A it, it it cannot be this it honestly can this i'm like okay it's just a trivial character boba fett this old visuals just like fun bells and whistles that's enough for me to have my entertainment if kenobi show is here on the same level guys take notice now it's like meltdown. I, i've yeah, yeah. absolute meltdown yeah, I, I think it's it's good that Star Wars has passed hands and and will outlive George Lucas and all of us actually, you know. And it's going through this experimental phase, and I'm happy that Disney's trying things out with young, unknown directors and and script writers and if all these talents. They're putting them together to rediscover that formula to find that excitement again. That's why I'm not being too critical and say, I'm very forgiving. Okay, you know, this didn't end up the way I want it to be. This is not quite there. It's not mature enough. It's too Disney-fied. I'm fine with that. But please, I think six years is enough to kind of like test your demographic, test the the fandom, and see where things need to go. Mm -hmm. You can now introduce a Legends material via kind of like non-canon Visions show that doesn't necessarily have to tie into this larger market Marvel Universe, because we all see how that turns out. Things become, start feeling like they're off the conveyor belt. Start paying attention. Use this moment of the book of Boba Fett. Analyze each episode, how fans received it, and say, like, okay, we need to regroup. We need to have, like, a focus group. And we need to do better by Kenobi. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at. I, I think it's just um, the, the book of Boba Fett represents this experimental phase where I am being the optimist and being a forgiven fan that I am, I'm willing to let slide if they learn from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's a very good way of putting it. I, I agree completely. Like Book of Boba yeah. Fett for my class, I'll be very quick with my final thoughts and we'll wrap up. Is um, I'm I'm still enjoying it. I enjoyed the last episode. I just think it's flawed, and I think I know it's what kind of Ben was saying, which is it's the expectation. But the problem is, it's more. It's less so like I've got high hopes. It's more so, okay, I've seen, you know, I love the prequels. You know, me and Ben have had sev- super, eh, several conversations about it, but they are heavily, heavily flawed films, okay? The original trilogy is near enough perfect for a sci-fi trilogy. The sequels are quite flawed, not in the same way as prequels, but they're still flawed in different ways. So I'm just like, as Ben said, you know, okay, Disney, they've got this new content. They're trying to figure out what to do with it here. They're never, I am being forgiving. I am being this, but it's like, you've only got so many chances, okay? If they screw up Book of Boba Fett, I'll be like, okay, I was never invested in Book of Boba Fett, uh, in Boba Fett itself. I grew up with Jango Fett existing, so already for me, he was more prominent in Star Wars than Boba Fett ever was. Uh, so with that in mind, I'm like, yeah, 
I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's not as good as it could be. It's not what I feel like it could be. And I think that's the more disappointing thing is that because Mando, obviously not trying to compare it, but Mando had, you know, no expectations and did so well. And now Boba Fett's like, oh, maybe this will be as good as Mando. And so far it's like, no, this is, this is almost like, I feel like if they released Book of Boba Fett first, it'd have been like, okay, this is a pretty good live action Star Wars. They could do a bit better, but we'll see. And then Mando would have, you know, knocked out of the park in a sense. But yeah, I, I, I'm in agreement. If, if, for Book of Boba Fett, if it doesn't get much better, I'll be disappointed, but it won't... I'll just not watch the show again. I'm not really that fast. If they do this with Kenobi or the Ahsoka show, I will be absolutely livid. And, you know, I'm a lifelong Star Wars fan, but that is the kind of thing which will be like, do I really like Star Wars as much as I think I do? Will I have to rethink the tattoos? <laughs> That's why I haven't got like tattoos. The new Kenobi. <laughs> well, none of my Star Wars tattoos yet. I've, I've got, like, patches. I've got the Darth Vader there, the fight on uh, Mustafa from Revenge of the Sith, and then I've got Starkiller from The Force Unleashed. They are untainted stuff in my childhood, and I want some stuff from Rebels, but I'm like, do I want Mandalorian stuff? Do I want this? Do I want that? And I'm like... I don't want to get an Ahsoka tattoo because if the Ahsoka show sucks, I don't want to get a Mando tattoo because if Mandalorian Series 3 falls through, <laughs> some of all these things, I'm like, I can't finish my tattoos because I'm worried. And this kind of show is making me think, uh-oh, mm. are my worries justified? So, yeah, I, I really loved you guys, you know, coming in here and talking about uh, all our varied opinions on this. Although on this episode, I think we're all fairly aligned. But obviously, we all come from styles in different ways. And we've all consumed it in different ways. And it's amazing to have you guys here and talk so long about these things. So I really appreciate each and every one of you uh, coming on the uh the comics and motion show or my youtube channel depending on where people are watching so chris do you want to start us off if you just want to say where people can find you um and uh say your goodbyes and then uh we'll yeah the rest of us will do it as well been a bit of a fraud actually because comics emotion you're doing the on our feed by yeah so i know i'm pushing you out I'm, nothing. The, I'm pushing you out of the way like get out chris i'm taking your mantle <laughs> in fact i'm actually doing a boba effect because i'm getting everyone else to do all the work and i'm just sat here on my throne doing <laughs> eating, eating food and stuff <laughs> so i don't have a day who's fennec but anyway we'll, we'll talk about that later but anyway thank you guys it, honestly, it's been a pleasure to meet as it's been. It's been lovely. And Mike, I'm happy to come on again and talk about this at some point if you want us on. Because I want to eat humble pie by the end of this series, definitely. So Comics in Motion P on Twitter, Comics in Motion Podcast. All the feeds are on. Mike's amazing show uh, is on there. And then we do the VHS Strikes Back podcast. And also, if you're really into reality TV, our other podcast is Chris <laughs> and Dave's Reality Cast. So... Um, <laughs> I don't know how, we don't know how the stars align, but for some ridiculous reason, that is our most successful show. It's not our most enjoyable, it's our most successful because people just love watching TV shit like I do. So that's my baby, other than gaming, unfortunately, guys, so sorry. But that, that's me in, in a nutshell. So thank you so much for indulging me, Mike. It's all good. And also, you guys like went the radio to talk. Like, you were so popular with Chris and Dave's reality guys. You've been on BBC talking wow. about your show. You last were the night? Love Island. I was on last night. You were yeah. really? still going. So they're literally being interviewed by people on BBC. These are the Love Island specialists, Chris and Not Dave. the blackers. <laughs> Just the blackers. <laughs> and I want to say, if anyone is listening here and you haven't checked out the VHS Strikes Back, I mean, the reality cast may not be to everyone who likes Boba Fett's tastes yeah. and things, but... <laughs> VHS Strikes Back if anyone hasn't checked out that podcast it is so much fun it's just you guys tackling really old films from the VHS era some of them are absolute bangers classic movies and some of them are horrendous the, you and Dave just occasionally try and one up each other on the worst most cheesy kung fu and action movies you can find so it's so much fun listening to that Sorry to cut and crush you, Mike the yeah. lap we've actually got coming up and I picked this on purpose next week's episode we've just done Goldfinger which came mm. out yesterday so everyone's like Goldfinger, you know, and a classic Sean Connery. 
And I went online and looked for the worst martial arts movies ever. I've not even seen it. And, I, and it came up with the 10 worst American martial arts movies. And it's not even, he doesn't do any martial arts. He's Lou Ferrigno in a film called Cage from 1989. Oh and Lord. it is absolutely glorious because it's a comics emotion uh, link because Red Brown's in it, who played Captain America in the late 70s. And he's ah. got Incredible Hulk. And it's ridiculous. This whole story, he's a Vietnam vet who gets shot and ends up be- being brain damaged. And it's, oh, it's unbelievable. But um, it's also got the VHS multiverse. So we're talking about multiverse because we have no cheat, no surrender references all over the place. We've got diehard references in there with the, <clears throat> all sorts of stuff. So that's going out next Wednesday. And that is the, one of the worst best movies I've ever seen. And I thought Dave would be pissed <laughs> off and he loves it. So <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to listen to that. It, it's always a joy, especially when there's those films, which there's no hope I've ever seen. So I can just listen to it and go, I don't need to have watched this film beforehand because y- you guys are going to entertain me greatly. So, you know, I re- really recommend anyone listening. Obviously we're going to all, everyone needs to check out all of these guys, lovely shows, but VHS yes. strikes back. Definitely check that out. Um, so then Ben, do you want to uh, pitch yourself, tell people where they can find you and then move on? First of all, Mike, thanks for having me once again, gentlemen, Chris, Daniel, Andrew. It's just so fun to chat with you guys, share opinions. I feel like I'm in a highly elevated society because, as I mentioned to Mike, everything sounds better in with British accent, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, <laughs> you know, yeah, no, it's just, it's, it's fascinating you know me as a kid who grew up in the you know former soviet union and then came to live in new york and like with these completely two polar opposite worldviews, and then i get to hear europeans talk about one thing that connects the soul star wars and how we all come at it with different angles that would stimulated me to create my youtube channel star wars timeline i honestly wanted just to hear people talk positively about star wars again you know or passionately and, and without insult to one another and say like, you know, this really kind of like uh, makes me angry. I really enjoyed this, but focused on what, what makes Star Wars interesting and great to us all. And the same with the with the Facebook group. Star Wars Timeline just created it. I, I thought it would be just a dumpster for my videos that nobody would watch. And slowly it started snowballing. People started coming in. It's like, hey, we have a group here where they're moderating it. Where we're not shutting you up. We're not trying to be Mark Zuckerberg's of, of Star Wars, you know, like <laughs> not allow people to say what they want to say, but say it in a way that is constructive. I love hearing Andrew say what he likes and dislikes about the book of Boba Fett because we're all passionate. We all want Star Wars to be better. We yeah. all want to criticize it. And for Disney and the showrunners too. Elevate it to a point where it can finally start calling it high art again. That was the whole idea for me. This is, and I think it's so critical to any fan, be it Star Wars or Marvel or Disney, for adults like us to come in and not just eat everything that is thrown at us via screen, but being able to put a critical eye on it, point a finger and say like, hey, you need to do better. If I'm paying for Disney+, Plus, if I'm buying physical media, some of us still enjoy collecting those Blu-rays. If I'm being invested, I, I have tons of books. This is just a mild collection I have behind me. I have like the, all the runs of Star Wars Legends books, most of, it, of which I've read. If I'm investing money like all of this, it's a little bit more than just you know entertainment for us. This is our lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And we hope we, they can aspire to be something great again that we... 
I'm still hopeful that we'll see a movie as great as The Return of the Jedi, Mike. Like you said, it's your favorite one. Maybe five years, maybe ten years from now, the right director, the right filmmaker comes about, and the Disney is has realigned its priorities, and the right environment will set up this movie for all of us to be just completely blown away, be speechless, and say, I have no comments here. I've been literally blown away. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Ben. I'll quickly say to listeners as well, uh, Ben, also, he, he's had me on the show like four times, which is wonderful. And we've spoken about all the Star Wars um, trilogies and specifically broke down the sequel trilogies and, as well. But he's also spoken to other people involved with Star Wars, including uh, there's a painter and things. You recently spoke to a guy called Fluke Skywalker who does charity work dressed as Luke Skywalker for things. Yeah. So it's not just Star Wars-specific content. Ben also talks to a wide variety of I, people I who had, are uh, inspired my- by Star Wars. Mike, if you've seen one of the uh, latest one, one of the highest privileges was to interview Greg Hildebrandt, one of the mm. artists, the twins who uh, painted the original Star Wars uh, 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 painting. And guys, I encourage you. It was complete honor just to talk to him, a man with 60 plus year of experience of being like an American legend in illustration. It was just like, oh my God, he came over to chat with me, with Ben from Russia. Like, what the heck? It was just <laughs> amazing. And and to me, like it's a humbling experience when you have people willing to talk to you for their life's experience, whether they're famous or not. It shows you just how small you are, a tiny speck of dust in this larger Star Wars community. Amazing. So yeah, Brilliant. everyone needs to check out Ben's stuff. It's amazing. It's yeah. it's a lot of fun. And you'll see me on Thank there you. if you need to hear more of my voice. So <laughs> linking from YouTube to YouTube, Andy, tell people about your show. Oh, mine's just a, a rambling mess of uh, fury and rage. Um, <laughs> my, my recent video was a complete off-the-cuff uh, challenge by the missus who uh, told me to uh, buy a pound forty-nine microwavable burger from a shop called Aldi over here. And uh, I said, oh, I'll do a review on it then. She went, you won't. And I went, I will. And I did. And it's utterly awful. Um, <laughs> so most of the time, I, I one, am, of my, one of my favourites. Oh, you say that all the time. You just like me suffering, I think. <clears throat> I do. <laughs> but most, most of the time, I, uh, I centre around movies. Um, I'm, not, I'm not as prolific a reviewer as I'd like to be. Um, I kind of make promises and don't come out with them, but... When there's a film that really, really gets me, one way or the other, I'm not, I'm not angry for the sake of being angry. Um, when the film gets me one way or the other, I'm, I'm very, very vocal about it. I like talking about it. I like these kind of discussions. That's why I started YouTube up. It was at the behest of Dan who said, look, with all these discussions we have, why, why are you not sharing these thoughts out, you know, mm-hmm. reaching out to other people and, you know, doing this kind of stuff for me i think is the pinnacle of that i don't care how many subscribers i get you know the more the merrier the more people that listen and watch and the more discussions i have the better but this is it for me this is what i always wanted to be in to be able to have these kind of discussions with people you know and share opinions and share hopes and dreams about where not just where star wars is going but where movies go where marvel movies go you know cinematic classics people discovering films that you know i used to watch and then people showing me things that you know i'd never seen before this is it for me um so yeah you can you can find me at uh, andy underscore review on twitter and uh my channel is just quite simply angry andy reviews come along and uh, make yourself known 
Yeah. Googling now. All the listeners, I'll include links to everyone's stuff in the show notes, both their social media and their other things as well. And I will say Andy's passion, whether he likes a film or not, that's the key reason that you want to tune in to Angry Andy because it is just, is I love hearing For people being passionate. <laughs> yeah. Whether or not you agree with him, you'll be there, you'll have a fun ride. So yeah, I appreciate you. Agree, you. If you don't agree, I, I, honestly, reach out. I love talking about it. I want to see where I've gone wrong and then I'll tell you where you've gone wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And finally, but last but not least, Spider Dan, tell everyone about yourself and where they can find you. Well, I would, first of all, I'd like to thank uh, Dave and Chris and yourself for inviting me and, and Andy. I'm going to speak on Andy's behalf. He can shut up now. <laughs> Quite down, uh, Andy. I'm talking now. <laughs> yeah, it's my, it's my, it's, it's my turn. Um, I just want to thank you for inviting us to be a part of the Comics in Motion family because it's just absolutely everything I wanted from this kind of content and listening to all your shows are great, all the different various podcasts that you you managed to put out. I'd, I barely managed to put out anything really in the grand scheme of things. I'm like, there's one podcast that's like every two weeks or something and I'm like, I want to do more, but where's the time? Uh, but I, it's, I love the community. I love being part of this creative ensemble and I think Dave said that we were, you know, comics in motion adjacent and I was like, you know what, that's an honour. That's, that's, you know. You're the extended <laughs> family. Yeah, the, the extended yeah. family. Like it feels yeah. it feels great to be to be welcomed into such a loving bunch and positive people as well. You know, we're all critical and we all have our opinions and stuff, but it's it's been amazing. So I thank Chris and Mike and and everybody, Tony and everybody that's involved. You know, uh, in the comics in motion in in whatever form that is. So it's been great. Um, you can find me. I don't think I mentioned this last time at spiderdownandthesecretballs.com. That's b o r e s. Um, all my links to my social media are in there, and you can find everything you need. Help the podcast do all this other good stuff there's my guest spot so st- this is on there this will be on there i'll add this to the website very soon and if you're after more star wars content now i wasn't very happy with this episode but it's not definitely not the worst star wars content me and andy have ever watched we've done the trilogy of terrible we did the star wars holiday special very recently and we did the two ewok movies as well so if you're looking for some really bad star wars content <laughs> you've got it on my podcast so uh, i've got a, I've got a youtube channel as well but it's not very few videos up there's mostly just my patreon um but yeah just head over to there and find all the all the lovely lovely content i have <laughs> absolutely perfect i will clarify in the last episode i did find your website so i think i did put it in the link even if you oh, didn't perfect. mention it so no need to worry that and also funny thing is is i'll just say my stuff but in linking with the caravan of courage and the ewok movies ben's recently been watching the old school droids cartoons and oh. the ewok cartoons he finished the droid Ooh. series so i mean there's a lot of stuff when we go off air there's a lot of stuff to talk about and things but Absolutely. but without making this drag on any further i'll quickly say i've been the uh, host and somewhat moderator of this conversation and we're gonna be doing it for another four weeks right to the end of book of boba fett you can find me if you're listening on a podcast app on the feed of comics in motion uh, star wars comics in canon new episode every saturday today if you've never listened to a star wars eh, if you've never read a star wars comic in your life or if you've read every single one of them which i'd be surprised if you had because there's a bloody mm. lot of them then please check out my show because i go through the plot details uh, in a way that is bullet points so you get understanding of the canon you understand the events that happen in star wars but you still get enjoyment from reading the actual comments and i talk about all the connections i do little bits about species and uh random characters and things like black chrysanthemum that sort of stuff
stuff. I talk about the many connections, so it can be a guide for when you're reading, or it can be instead if you haven't got the time for the content. Or you can check out my other show, Genuine Chits Chat, where I have honest conversations with interesting people. I've had Chris on a few times. I've had Ben on very recently. He finished off the 2021 with an amazing chat about Russian culture and animation and Dune and Star Wars and Joseph Campbell and special effects, all kinds of great stuff. So, you know, if you're listening on YouTube or watching, really, uh, check out all the playlists because everything, if you want to hear Star Wars conversations or this or that, lots of things in genres and whatnot but thank you so much for listening guys you can find me at social media at genuine chit chat on instagram twitter and on facebook and um, yeah it's just been an absolute delight it's always so much fun being able to talk to a lot of people about their different opinions on star wars and the four of you have been absolutely delightful to chat with and i'm sure we'll be able to have you guys on for at least one more it may be a switch around the things again so you might have to say adieu to each other uh, but we'll have you guys on again and i'll be talking to each of you individually as i do anyway so um just thank you guys really appreciate it and uh, this is where i'll stop recording so cheers thank you cheers, everyone thank you cheers.